Greetings, fake nerds and loyal collectors of the balls with the stars inside of them. We are here excitedly to talk about the latest Dragon Ball Super Adventure. It has been a long road and anticipatory wait to get here, trying to dodge spoilers mildly unsuccessfully for some of us. And yet here we are and we're going to get into it. But first, we got to talk about some really, really heinous shit that continues to go on at Warner Brothers and Discovery and how some of us might be pirates. Anyway, I'm Sparks Witty, and I'm joined by Ben Magnet. Can I get a ha ah, ah. And also, I just realized I don't own a Dragon Ball shirt, and I'm kind of sad about that now. Damn, and we even went to Frankenstein's Ben. You had a perfect we, opportunity. I did. Right. I did. What the hell? And also, Brandon T. McClure. Yes, I am wearing a, a Dragon Ball shirt that the audio listeners cannot see it. It is a it is a couple shirt with Goten. The other side has trunks. I should have brought my Dragon Balls. I have a whole full set of Dragon Balls thanks to you, Sparks. I should have brought those out. I have I have the little I have a little Shenron guy I picked up yesterday. Oh, is that the Shenron that's in the dome? Yeah. That's cool. It's a yeah, it's desk, like, he's a little desk dude that I picked up yesterday. Yeah, it's a, it's like the little statue that uh yeah. thing he uses. It's really cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, so Ryan's with us in spirit, but not actually on this recording because his work schedule is tough and our lives are crazy. But here we are, and uh, I'm ready to get into it. But how's uh, how's about we hear about some weeks first, Brandon? Well, wait a second. Why'd you do that? How'd you do that? How'd you do that? <laughs> it's because he's magic, my friend. You just took you just took the show from me. I did. He's the Brandon now. You just wrangled it. You just, you just so slightly. Man, I don't give a shit anymore about this. Um, <laughs> question, question, Brandon. How yeah. high are you right now? Not very. Okay, I'll probably get worse as the show went on. But see, I only took one, and one. Mine has this is CBD and THC, and not just THC. Mm. So I don't know how high I'm going to get with just one of these. We'll see. Gonna. Hi. Keep... No links though. No links in the description. I knew that. That's why I thought we'd just continue on to hear about your week. Mm. I got a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I wanted you to go first, because a chunk of the things you have to talk about, I need to talk about, too. Fine. Bullet Train. Yeah, great. I I went to see Bullet Train with my good friend Sparks Buddy. We did. Uh, That's a very good time. Yeah, okay, so I really like Bullet Train, y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, it's not like perfect, and I think the marketing definitely screwed something up specifically that I won't, mm-hmm. I won't say, but it did. Um, <clears throat> but otherwise, like I was, I was really pleased. Um, Brian Tyree Henry and Aaron Taylor Johnson are standouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love Brian Tyree Henry, so I'm really glad he's getting such good work. Uh, the this has a lot of um the old film school adage where they talk about, you know, knowing that there's a bomb under the table and all that kind of stuff. This has a lot of like things that, you know, are going to go off bombs that, you know, are going to go off kind of thing uh, in many ways of the plot. And you keep anticipating and waiting for them. Yep. Um, But I thought it was really clever, really well put together and fun. Um, It has, it has issues, but not that many. I really, I really had a good time. Um, I think Brad Pitt is awesome (laughs) in it. I think he's really great. Um, he's able to play with the script in a fun way. And I think he handles the action really good. The action is fun. I mean, as David Leach, so (laughs) obviously it would be, um, I think he shines, um, with kind of making, I think that's why he was a good fit for Deadpool. Also, uh, he kind of shines in making the action 
fun in a way that Chad Stahelski, uh, who's his partner on John Wick One, um, kind of shies away from. Like Chad Stahelski is very much like it can be ridiculous, but it's got to be real. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to be something. It's got to be. It's got. It's got to. It's got to be real. But but uh, David Leach is it wants to kind of make it ridiculous in a way that there's a scene there's a scene where like a knife gets thrown at a thing and then stabs the dude and it's like that's very very unrealistic um but like because david leach wants to have fun it, yeah. it helps it helps this movie a lot um sure. there's a lot of as spark said there's a lot of Chekhov's guns um a lot of a lot of this is a thing and one that i was really hoping i was wrong about but there's a there's something that ended up making me so fearful throughout the last half of the movie that I just, I, I, I struggled a bit, but it doesn't hurt my enjoyment of the film. It's a lot of fun. And I highly recommend people going in and seeing uh, powerhouse performances by actors who are just having a good time. Mm. Uh, as you said, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Terry Henry are definitely the standouts, but I think even like Joey King is a lot of fun. Um, there's the scorpion. What's his name? Hmm. Yeah, I, we looked this up last the last we time. Did. Um, um, I'll, I'll look it up. The the older man that Hawkeye kills in Avengers: Age of Ultron and Avengers: Endgame. That's the, such a bad bad cameo for that guy. Are you, I know. Are Sonata. I can't tell. I don't know, um, and I don't want to say yes in case I'm wrong because that'd be kind of racist. The guy who played Scorpion, right? Yes, the guy who played Scorpion. I'm pretty sure that it, I'll double check. I'm doing uh, it right now, Ben. Okay. In Mortal Kombat. I really like him, yes. though. Yes, yes, that is who that is. Very cool, Ben. Thank you. Um, I really like him, and he plays a really fun role in this. Uh, arguably, he gets kind of the most emotional weight in the movie, um, but I think he's he's doing he's doing a good job with it. Should, have, having, should have been in the movie more. I agree. Um, the movie has a very misleading uh, intro scene. We don't have... Um... We don't have uh, enough going on for me to think that we'll do. We have too much going on, I should say, to think we'll do a review special. So I'll just okay. say, like, I'm not going to talk about the the can the final cameo of the who the villain is because I won't reveal that. I mm-hmm. thought that was mildly underwhelming, though. Um, mm-hmm. That that appearance, that performance, I was like, okay, I guess. Sure. Uh, and I thought Joey King was better in some scenes than she was in others. There were some scenes mm-hmm. where I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Sure. This is pretty. This is pretty okay. Um, but it, overall, the movie, but overall, the movie works. The, there's a credits tag that's awesome. Oh yeah, it's a great credits tag. Um, yeah, I really like the movie. I'm really happy I saw it. I'm really grateful that Sparks came down uh, to see it with me. Uh, yeah, highly recommend. I haven't seen the movie. I want to see it. Um, before I get into the rest of my week, I want to talk a little bit about Only Murders in the Building, which is which aired its penultimate episode on Monday and will uh, last Monday, and will air its final episode this Monday. It's so weird to not be watching that show right now. I don't believe it's gotten a season three renewal. It's very fun watching it. Um, cause I I I'm I'm the opposite. Of, I was the opposite of Sparks. I watched it after it aired mm-hmm. um, when uh, the first season, and then for the for this season, I've been trying to keep up with it so that I'm I'm with the zeitgeist. I'm with the the audience, kind of discovering the mystery <clears throat> and having a good time it's a great show still i think there's a lot of moving parts this season and i'm not sure i'm not sure how they're all going to come together i'm really hopeful they will 
Because I think so far it's been like, there's been a lot of like, oh, right, this connects to that. Oh, right, this connects to, oh, this is what the, there's been a lot of that this season. And I think the first season was a lot more straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's been some, there, there's a lot of, it's a very good show. It's probably one of the best shows on TV. Um, the cast is outstanding. I'm really excited for the final episode tomorrow. When we're recording this, it's tomorrow. Um, super stoked. I can't wait. The reveal in the penultimate episode blew my mind. Yeah. I'm uh, uh, I'm happy to hear that. I'm excited to watch it when I'm with my partner again. Yeah, because uh, uh, you and Megan were watching it together. That's true. Yeah. Now I'll talk about the rest of my week, which is Dragon Ball. I did a lot of <clears throat> Dragon Ball this week, guys. I noticed. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't watch Dragon Ball Super Broly. Just kind of because I needed a palate cleanser after watching second Dragon Ball Z Broly, Second Coming, and Dragon Ball Z Bio Broly. I need to be like, oh, right, Broly's a good character now. Broly's a good character now. <laughs> um, second Coming, I'll talk about first. Uh, I think it's fine. It, it, it's worse than the first Broly, Dragon Ball Z Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan, the first film. We, Broly in that film at least has a bit of a personality. It's kind of like a, he's kind of like this um, psychotic brute in legendary Super Saiyan. Um but second coming, he doesn't really have any dialogue at all. And I found that to be to be rather strange. It's just kind of this imposing force that um, the, the Z fighters are trying to fight. The benefit of the movie, I think, if you take out Broly and you kind of put in a lower stakes villain, is that it's a really good adventure with Goten, Trunks, Videl, and Gohan. Mm. And it's just those characters throughout because at this point, uh, Goku is still dead. Mm-hmm. So he can't be the star of the film. Um, and I think even though Gohan uh, shows up like pretty much halfway through the movie uh, towards the end, I think Videl, Goten, and Trunks... I forgot how much I miss Goten and Trunks. Uh, Super hasn't really been giving them a lot to do. And I think that's a bit of a bummer because uh, I, I forgot that I liked those two characters. I like pairing them together. I think that was a good idea, creating Goten so that Trunks has someone to bounce off of. Um, and I, I, I liked their inclusion in the movie, and I liked... I really appreciated that Videl got to be part of the action because, again, super... Videl <clears throat> is kind of having, like, Chi-Chi syndrome where you kind of forget she used to be a badass fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you, so I was really happy to see that right essentially um goku shows up at the end because of course he does um and i don't love that they were like and then goku's here to save the day but the family kamehameha between that goku gohan and and goten do it's it's pretty it's a very famous image yeah it's pretty cool um and that kills Broly. So how could there be a third Broly film? Stupidly. That's how. Uh, Bio Broly is really bad. Bio Broly is so bad. Mercifully, it's only 40 minutes. It's really short. Um, but it's it's not good. However, in the same vein as Second Coming, Bio Broly, you take out Bro- you take out Broly. You know what? They already did. It's kind. It's not even Broly. It's not a Broly movie. It's a Sludge Monster movie that they decide to call Broly. Yeah, it's true. Um, and he, the benefit of that film though, I think, is once again, Goten and Trunks are the main characters. 
and then 18. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool, seeing those characters interact together. Having Goten and Trunks, again, I think are a good pairing. Um, I, I, I enjoyed seeing them kind of be the stars of this movie. And and, Her- and Hercule, too, right? And Hercule's in it a lot, too, yeah. yeah. And, like, you don't get... Um, you, there's no Go- Goku to save the day at the end. These are these are particularly interesting, this film and the next one, Ben, because these ones take place during the Majin Buu story. Yeah. Oh. So this is like while the other fighters were off dealing with the birth of Majin Buu, this was the immediate aftermath of 18 throwing the match with Hercule at the tournament to let Hercule be champion and being like, yo, Hercule, pay me my money. And Hercule's mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to I have to go deal with this other thing also. And 18's like, fine, then I'm coming. Yeah. You know what? I remember watching that episode. Not uh the the when when she threw the match yeah when she threw the yeah. match like she has Hercule in a headlock and she tells uh, and she does all the math in front of him and he goes uh okay and then Krillin is there too also Krillin because uh, <laughs> um, if you think about it I remember I think it was either Brandon or Sparks who once said that if you think about it Krillin is the strongest human on Earth oh yeah yeah well, he is uh Poor guy. I don't know if that's true anymore. I think Tien might be the strongest. Yeah, Tien is pretty pretty powerful. Via 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 tournament of power time period, I think Tien might be the strongest. Ben, you'll watch that episode, I'm sure, someday. Maybe. Um, you should watch Super Ben. I know. I I, I started watching Super. I mean, I just... he should also watch all of Z. He should also watch all of Z. Um, all right. And I think so. So, final thoughts on Bio Broly. It's just. It's kind of just whatever, and um, but you know, there are worse ways to spend forty minutes, I guess. Uh, if you want to see Goten and Trunks, just kind of be Goten and Trunks in a good way, and watch by Bi- well, you know, Bio Broly. You could, you could do worse, worse than Bio Broly. Not by a I lot, had, though. Not by a lot. Um, I uh, I had a handyman over this week, um, doing odd jobs around the house, and I feel really bad when people do. When people are working in my house and I'm not, because mm-hmm. I'm not a handyman, what am I going to do? I'd be a hindrance to this man, but I feel really bad. So um, I was like, you know what? I'll read. So I don't want to watch TV because I feel like that would be rude. So I'll read. So I caught up on Dragon Ball Super, <laughs> the manga. I read the whole thing. Nice. <laughs> I, I finished the Moro arc, uh, which I had in a volume form. And, um, uh, that was really cool. Um, there's this thing uh, that Ultra Instinct can do that where, where Goku turns into Gurren Lagann. Um, that, that was kind of neat. Um, Moro is a really cool villain. Um, I, I really dug him. And uh, Ben, uh, Sparks has talked about Moro, but if you recall, Moro is the kind of Galactus of, yeah, the yeah. Dragon Ball Z, of the Dragon Ball universe. He's the little blue guy, right? I don't know no. what color he is. So he's not little. He is, he is blue. He's not little, though. Okay. A little blue? You mean Zenosama? Mm, I, you know, if, I'll see, if I see a picture of him, I'll ask if that's Moro, and you can tell me if it's... If Moro's I'm... kind of this goat, this kind of goat monster. Oh, okay. Maybe not. Hmm. Are you pro- little blue guy, I think you're probably thinking about Zenosama, who's like the Maybe. god of the universe. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. You're right. Zenosama right. is the god of the universe who literally is the most powerful being, and no one will ever surpass it, because Zeno doesn't fight. Zeno just erases you from existence. Yep, that was the penalty if you lost the, tor- the universal tournament. Um, Just Dano snapped you out of existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really 
dug that arc and I thought it was really cool how they were trying to, you know, push Goku to do the Ultra Instinct. Um, and then uh, Smarks was kind enough to loan me his login to um, Manga Manga Plus. Manga Plus. I, I loaned you the login for Viz. Manga Plus, you can just do. Oh, well, I've, yes. got, I've got Viz, I believe. And I want and I read the entirety of the Granola arc. <laughs> Which just finished on Wednesday. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. the last issue dropped on Wednesday. Yep. So I was like, well, I just kind of kept going. And the last thing I knew, I was like, oh, I'm done. And now it's on hiatus. I texted Sparks. I was like, Sparks, I uh, have you have you read have you read the, the latest issue uh, of Dragon Ball Super? And you're like, yeah. So you've read the latest issue of Dragon Ball Super? Because I knew you were traveling. I wasn't sure if you got around to it. Yeah. And uh, you're like, yes. I sent you this picture of of the thing that broke the internet, um, that for that for that week. Um, should I say what it is? Uh, no. Okay. So the so the thing that a thing that happened that was really that was really like wild. And I sent it to, to, to Sparks. I was like, holy shit! And I was like, wait, are you? Did you read the whole thing today? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm almost done because <laughs> so I was pages away from finishing it. Yeah, I didn't know if you'd looked up a spoiler or not. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, like, we can say that uh, a big thing happens with Frieza, and mm-hmm. I won't say more than that, but Frieza's, Frieza's back on the menu, boys! Um, so. I appreciate that Frieza has been kind of this... And there was a lot of talk of Frieza in this arc, but I appreciated that Frieza's kind of this looming this looming threat in the background, constantly there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, like, they introduced new Dragon Balls, and the granola arc. Uh, for those of you who don't know, granola is from the planet cereal, <laughs> which I think is pretty great. Um, and there were happened to have been Namekians on that planet. There's a wild reveal about what a Namekian is in this arc, by the way. Um, yeah, that one I think you can mention. Oh, uh, Namekians are from a different plane of existence, reality, dimension. They're from another place. They're huh. not aliens. I mean, oh. they are also aliens. <laughs> that was insane um because they just like they, they just flash over to new namek and are just like well we came here from a different realm of existence and uh we brought dragon balls with us and i'm like wait i thought the dragon balls came from the super dragon balls the big ones i thought that's where they came from but now you're telling me they came from a different reality yep what the hell which honestly makes more sense in some ways sure um then where did the super dragon balls come from also from another place is there a giant namekian i don't know what if that reality is namekian is just one big namekian there's like five universes we still don't know anything about that's true um yeah oh yeah because they were invited to the tournament because they were the high tier universes that's right um i thought the granola arc was really cool it's all about how granola um his whole planet was destroyed by saiyans um by frieza uh, and he wishes on the, the the Dragon Balls on his planet to become the strongest person in the universe, mm-hmm. excluding gods. Like the the dragon of that planet is like you want to be the strongest person in the universe, not a god. Um. So he and there's like a there's like a thing where like the dragon's like I can I can only unleash a latent potential, but I can condense all the years you will have of training and power that you will accumulate 
into one big power up, but it will take all the years that it will take all the years off of your life. So they, it, ends, it ends up removing like 150 years off of his life. And so he almost got, he's only got three years left. Um, I like the new dragon design, by the way, I thought it was cool. Yep. Um, I'm really stoked for the next arc. And I don't want to say too much about the, because I don't want to say too much about the granola arc because there's a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, Goku is trying to perfect Ultra Instinct. Vegeta is trying to perfect something different. Um, and he's like, I want to be on a. I don't want to copy Kakarot anymore. I want to do my own thing. And uh, you know, Beerus trains him to do a thing, and it's pretty cool. Um, get yeah. to learn about Bardock. We get to learn a lot about Bardock. Um, which I didn't know because I, I kind of did some some background digging. Uh, people really mixed about the Bardock reveal. Um, uh, considering people think that it really like it. If I remember correctly, Sparks, and correct me if I'm wrong, people are upset that it makes Bardock feel softer than a Saiyan warrior. Um, I think the more prominent thing that I know people have been upset about it's partially that, but more that uh, they don't like that he made it's it's it seems that he made a wish that has predestined Goku. Oh yeah, yeah, that is that is in the subtext. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, you know what? I'll be honest. That kind of like rubs me a little bit strange. But the thing is, but the thing is, he he says his sons. So Raditz is dead, right? So I don't feel like that really worked out. Yeah. So I don't think that that predestination shit is real. Um, I don't. I don't think the subtext is fully clear there to say that that's what happened. There's a really good sense of the the Namekian who like knew Bardock. He says to Goku, "Like you look just like him," um, and he and Goku's like, "I don't know any Bardock." And Vegeta is the one who'd be like, "Kakarot, Bardock was your father," mm-hmm. and it's kind of this like moment. Vegeta Vegeta frustrates me too because I'm just like Vegeta. Admit you like Goku. Admit you two are friends. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? They're rivals. Um, because there's like because there's like tender moments between Goku and Vegeta like that, and where he's just like clearly like he likes Goku, um, and 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 we, the audience knows he likes Goku. Why else would he be hanging around him all the time? But like in this and, and like and later in the arc, he's just like, no, I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna beat Granola on my own, Kakarot. You're the worst. And I'm just like, buddy, shut up. You like him. You're friends. Shut up. Um, and I think at this point it's probably having the series go on this long. You definitely need to have Goku at least remember his parents, because mm-hmm. that that amnesia thing works very well for all of Dragon Ball and all of Z. But once you get this far into Super, you're just kind of like, at this point, he should know. He should know who his parents were. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see like where they're gonna take that because Goku's clearly like thinking about Bardock as the whole thing comes to an end. Yeah. Um he's handed Bardock's scouter. Yeah. Uh at the very end of this chapter. And he sees in the reflection Bardock's image. Mm-hmm. Um which is just like his imagination, but it's cute. There's a there's a guy in Broly. There's a Saiyan in Broly who has got like a scar on his head. Mm-hmm. And we see how he gets that scar. His name is Leek. And you see it we see how he gets that scar in, in the flashback of uh, Granola. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. That's probably all I should probably say about Dragon Ball Super, the manga. I'm 
really happy I'm caught up, but I hate that it's on hiatus. I am too. Yes, it will be on hiatus for a bit. All right. Who wants to go next? Ben. Oh, okay. Sure. So this week, like, all right. Yeah, pretty much. So this week I took a little bit of a break from Ryan because after I came back home from my trip, I had like a bunch of projects that were due almost immediately and I was furious to try to get them done. So they got done. But then I was like, video game time. Because I haven't really played my video games since I got sick with COVID. I was just stuck up in my room, just trying to sleep and just veg. So the first game I really um, sank my teeth into is Cult of the Lamb. That game is so much fun. I saw Ryan was playing that game. Ryan is playing it, yeah. He's been enjoying it. Yeah. Um, it's what Cult of... If you don't, don't know what Cult of the Lamb is, it's a... It's half roguelike, which is where you go into a certain dungeon and all the paths differ. So you're not essentially you're not doing the same run twice, but it's also base management, kind of like Animal Crossing, because you have to grow your cult because your god demands it, and your god saved you from being killed by the other gods. So it's like, hey, I gotta kill these other gods to set my own god free. Um, it is like mo- the most cutest demonic thing I have ever played because you have all these cute little woodland critters going around getting old and you're trying to and just you know being cute and then you have these eldritch horror monstrosities that are the big bosses that you have to fight and kill and it is such a weird happy medium and it's so fun normally i'm not like the biggest fan of base management or like oh i have to take care of this but this one i am i'm having a lot of fun making sure my cult is happy my um everything's in tip-top shape and also just going out and questing to get resources to find more members to join my cult. And it's really fun. I'm really having a great time. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So besides that, um, when I did turn on my PS5, I downloaded a bunch of games because, you know, PS Plus, you have you can get a bunch of free games. Like I finally got Tony Hawk uh, Skate Pro Skater 1 and 2 on my PS5. I've been waiting for that to come on PS Plus and finally did. Played that for a little bit. And my God, am I rusty. <laughs> I haven't played that game since the, well, I had it on the N64, and man, I am not as good as I remember. I just got really high. Oh, oh wonderful. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. That's when it kicks in. Got it. So so do you think that that is that you're just rusty, or is it just the nostalgia, and maybe you were never good? Uh, I want to say I'm I, I want you a hard time. I'm, no, I'm, I'm actually going to answer it because it is me being rusty because I do remember being able to get like 100,000 points on the first uh, stage and being able to, it's it's just, you 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 don't play a genre of the game for so long and, and it is nostalgia, but it's also, you know, being out of practice and not playing for a while. But besides that, I also for, got to download Final Fantasy VII Integrate for free on my PS5. Mm. And I'm able to transfer my save data from my PS4 version over to the PS5. I just have to load the PS4 version of the game. So I have the PS5, the high-spec PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake, plus Integrade, which in total should have cost me $80. Instead, it was free because I'm a PlayStation Plus member. So I'm like, neat! And finally, I also caved, played a little bit of the tutorial, and haven't played yet because I'm wanting to play with Sparks. I finally downloaded Multiverses. You can play with Ryan too. Ryan's like a beast. Yeah, I need to play. I need to play with you guys. So I finally downloaded that. Um, I haven't really touched it. I played a little bit of the tutorial, and then I went back to Cult of the Lamb. 
Did I play that this week with you, Sparks, or was that last week? You did. You tried multiverses. Oh, and I also downloaded multiverses and played a played a bit this week. Yes. Yeah. Also, this week I played a little bit of uh, Elden Ring with Grayson, so that was always fun. I also need to get back into Elden Ring and beat a certain boss. And besides that, Sparks and I went on a little adventure yesterday to one of my <laughs> favorite places ever, Frankenstein's, and that was fun with Grayson. Yeah, we, we went with Grayson. We went with your with uh, Forest. With Forest, um, yeah. It was Forest's first time ever at Frankenstein's. Kid and, in a candy store. My gosh. Oh man, it was it was amazing. So we're going up and down the the like the first two aisles, and Forest is all like, "There's so much thing. There's so many things. There's so much greatness." And then it's like he looks at me. He's like, "How much more do we have?" I'm like, "My my, my guy, we got like ten rows left to do." All of. This. And not only not only that, there was a thing going on called Anime Days, which was like a little anime specific um, vendor booth that was happening in the corner of the of um, the store. And I was like, we even have to go through that. There's so many things. Um, for people who don't know, explain Frankenstein's. Oh yeah, so Frankenstein's is essentially a nerd swap meet. Like Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, you have a bunch of vendors selling a bunch of stuff. I'm talking toys um video games anime merch sports paraphernalia anything that anything that is considered collectible they there's a booth that sell, that sells um blu-rays and dvds there's a booth that sells hallmark ornaments there's a booth that sells old disney merch it's like if you can think of any sort of collectible chances are you could probably find it at frankincense okay. and even then they have other special events that are specific to a certain thing i.e anime days or when i was sick or i was in england they had a video game buy sell trade event that was sponsored by socal gaming expo yeah so uh if you're in the la area and don't know who frankincense uh is you should check it out and if you're not uh that's what frankincense is yeah frankincense is great i, I, got... I have a i have a feeling we might get some uh uh japanese audiences watching this video oh okay uh so you know just in case all right. Yeah. So Frankincense is awesome. And I also got a uh, a free piece of art yesterday. That was really nice. If you saw my TikTok or my Instagram page, you know what it is. And that was really cool because the guy the, the guy had the thing. It's like, hey, the everything in this box is $15. And I saw the thing. And I was talking to him. I was like, man, this is not fair because this is really cool. And I really and I've seen this the ad before. And I really wanted it. And the guy was like, well, just take it then. I'll just give it to you. I need to get rid of these. And I'm like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, man, I'm sure. Here you go. Have fun. You know what it is. You know what it's about. Take it. So you paid $600 for the Nintendo PlayStation. For the Nintendo PlayStation ad that ran Toys R Us, yes. Yeah, that's wild to me. I never saw that when I was a kid. Um, There's only one prototype that ever existed. And Do you know why it didn't happen? Your your TikTok video cut off halfway oh. through oh, on the, your Instagram story, so I don't know how it ends. Son of a bitch! Yeah, yeah, I know how it ended. Um, so what happened was Nintendo and PlayStation were this close to making a deal with making the the Nintendo PlayStation. Nintendo backed out at the last second, like Nintendo Japan, literally backed out, and behind closed doors they made a deal with Philips, and they did and. Essentially, they left uh, Sony high and dry because everyone because the the ad ran in Toys R Us and the Toys R Us um, advertisements you get in the mail. People seen the prototype; they know it was going to be a thing, 
And everyone was shocked because the entire gaming world was thinking, oh my God, this is when Nintendo's going to announce their partnership with Sony. This is going to be amazing. And they're like, wait, what do you mean Philips? And because of um, Philips is the company that created the CD-ROM. I see. Yeah. And they also created a video game machine in the 90s called the Philips CDI. And that's how we got three certain Legend of Zelda games that Nintendo licensed but since have stepped very far away from because they are not good games. They now, are horrible. Now, is this is this Nintendo PlayStation? That that became the PlayStation 1. The PlayStation, right? Eventually, Sony was like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to do this ourselves. And So it, it predates it predates when Sony got into the console. Yes, uh, it game. does. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was asking. Yeah, fun fact, Sega also approached them about wanting mm-hmm. to make a deal, but I can't remember exactly if it was Sega who backed out or if it was Sony who was like, now nah, we're going to do it ourselves. And they did. So eventually, they did it themselves, and it's possibly Nintendo's biggest mistake. Because now they have one of their biggest... They created their, their biggest competitor to date. Well, truthfully, I think all three of them are doing fine, including Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Ben? Um, no, I saw a movie with you guys. That was fun. That was fun. We'll talk, and about, we'll talk about it in a bit. That was a very right. interesting theater, too. I'm sorry. Sorry. I just want to, I just wanted to talk about because I'd never been to that theater before. I never knew it was a thing. And I'm like, this is very interesting. I kind of like the vibe. Yeah. It's the Alamo Draft House we went to. Uh, for those of you who, uh, who don't know, um, there is, uh, they started in Texas, uh, Alamo. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are, um, and they brought a location here in downtown LA. I don't love the location, but I think the theater is really cool. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When I was driving home, I went to from the, my GPS took me to part of LA to get to the freeway that was very sketchy, and I did not feel comfortable. And the whole I, time, I hate dri- I hate driving in downtown. Downtown LA is the worst. I the only time I'm okay with driving in downtown LA is when I'm going to a Kings game or I'm going to um, the LA Convention Center. That's it. Not even then. Sparks. Yo, it's my turn. Um, Brandon engaged with so much Dragon Ball content, but he absolutely refuses to give free-to-play Fortnite a try, so he is not checking out any of the Dragon Ball content that is ripe and raring to go over on Fortnite right now, y'all. What a wonderful event it is. They have gone all out. You can do all your transformations. They released a charging emote, so now every single character in Fortnite, if you earn the points for it through the event is able to do the charge up, which is just ridiculous. You have things like Batman and Zendaya and Ariana Grande doing the Dragon Ball charge up, baby. Darth Vader is doing it. Yeah. This is what the internet was made for. Oh yeah. The internet is having so much fun with the Dragon Ball thing. So you can, you can, what, so the, the, the transformation has got, you know what I'm saying? Super so, Saiyan Blue and Super Saiyan Ultra. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll give you a rundown. So what it is, is um, you get Goku and Vegeta. Uh, mm-hmm. Both of them have their transformations into Super Saiyan, their transformations into Super Saiyan Blue, and then Vegeta transforms into his hyper blue form from the end of Super, and Goku can transform into Ultra Instinct past that. And mm-hmm. you get all those in one lump, and you charge up through them, and you get the charging emote for them. It's great. You get Beerus, you get Bulma, you get the Dragon Radar uh, if you play through the event as a back piece. You get the power pole, you get uh, Master Roshi's staff and Master Roshi's turtle shell. You get the Nimbus cloud as a glider, which is so good. And the sound design is so fantastic. Um, Love it. 
right now currently if you are playing the game even if you don't have uh the items it doesn't matter it's just part of playing in the game of Fortnite right now the kame house is in the map uh you can unlock and use a kamehameha which is devastating um if you can aim I've it seen, properly i've seen uh, many videos yeah so a lot of people are using kamehameha uh in Fortnite right now you I also will say, can i will say it's very cool that uh that you can do uh beam clashes Yes, uh, super great. Um, there's a Dragon Ball Adventure Island where you can go exploring locations that have been built for fun uh, uh, from the Dragon Ball series and do little quest things and make a wish with the Dragon Balls. And um, you can watch certain episodes of Dragon Ball Super in Fortnite. Um, it's just it's just cool. It's just so they've just really gone all out on this. Um, you can grab the Nimbus glider. Uh, even if you don't have it, you can grab it in the map and use it during the map events. Um, highly recommend if you're a Dragon Ball fan. They they put all the love and work into this. The character models look great. Very happy to have all the stuff for it. I'm currently working on the event stuff so that I can get the Shenron glider, which is where uh, all the seven Dragon Balls spiral together and then Shenron comes out and you ride Shenron down into the map. And I'm like, well, that's just oh. amazing. Ain't oh, that shit. nifty. <laughs> I think this is what's going to get Brandon to Fortnite. The Shenron Glider got you, didn't it? It I was in everything I, I said, but then the Shenron Glider got you. That's Sparks, cool. I think I know what we're doing once we're done recording with the show today. So here's the thing, Brandon. You could go into the game and not spend a dime. Not spend a dime at all. You won't buy the Dragon Ball characters. You don't have to drop buy their skins. That's okay. You can still play the event and get the Shenron Glider. You can still do that for free. For free. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> super super happy. I think they did a great job. Um, right now, the Fortnite background screen is the uh, Kame House uh, at sunset. It's just beautiful. They have a great music piece that they made. Like it's not Chala Hechala, but it sounds almost like Chala Hechala. It's its own Fortnite mix. Um, I'm just very pleased, guys. I'm very pleased with it. What a week for Dragon Ball, huh? What a week for Dragon Ball, y'all! Uh, just, just what a what a time! Like, man, Fortnite went hard. It's so good, and there I, I know, and there will be more coming. I know that um, that Dragon Ball Super has been out in Japan for a while, but it's crazy to me that the final that the final uh, chapter of the Dragon Ball Super manga for this arc dropped the week of the American release for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Yeah, I thought that was just insane. just all that just like boom 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 what a what a wild moment in dragon yeah. ball yeah for sure agreed um wonderful time to be a dragon ball fan super excited for the next pack if it comes uh the rumor currently is that it will have piccolo trunks uh cell and frieza um Ooh. anyway oh, shit. Uh, frieza? yeah that'll yeah. be in pack two baby <laughs> gotta run around with your little gun and go blap blap <laughs> <laughs> see like i want to see the game some fortnite Fortnite, like Fortnite, doesn't interest me. I'll be honest, like it does. You guys talk about some really cool stuff, but it's just a shooter with skins, and I'm like, but that's the thing is like, that's the thing is like, shooting is not the reason I enjoy playing Fortnite. It's for all the other dumb shit you get to do with Mm -hmm. your friends on the island with these absolutely gorgeous character models because they have the money to make all these character models look insanely good. Oh, that's probably a bad analogy, but I was going to say it's like Ready Player One, but the super early beta of Ready Player One, where you can just do anything you want with these characters. Like, I have a Stormtrooper giving the Vulcan salute. Sure. Or, yeah, I, well, I mean, like, and it is the fun, like, the, the culture stuff, right? Because, like, yeah. I had 
I had Beerus writing in on uh, the Silver Surfer surfboard, right? So like, I could have Vegeta come in on Ghost Rider's motorcycle. This is, oh. what, I mean. this is what I mean. Oh, if I could See, get like that, sounds really Vegeta... cool. What I but I what I want is a game where you are actually Goku and and Ghost Rider and and like not just skins. You oh know? sure, sure. No, yeah. I mean like I I vibe with you, but like this is still a cool thing to have. Sure, sure. Um, question, question for Sparks because um when I tried to download or not download while well, I was trying to open up Fortnite the other night the servers were probably I don't know it was just like when the Dragon Ball stuff just started releasing so the servers weren't working very well okay. so I'm like I'll just bounce out sure. um is one of the costumes for Vegeta his pink shirt that says Batman on the back it is it is it is not I wish it was damn it that would uh, be perfect for him on Ghost Rider's motorcycle I I would not rule out that appearing in the future but at this current moment no they don't have alternate outfits because their alternate outfits would be the transformations oh, okay that, 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 um, that makes sense so but they but those transformations look pretty sick uh yeah they I, they did a great job I'm very pleased with it I'm super stoked to do more in Fortnite with it um, and it's super easy to level up right now with the Dragon Ball event stuff. And uh, like I said, get that Shenron glider for free. I think it's for seven more days. So another week, I think. I should just play Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, huh? I mean, yeah, but you also could just hop on Fortnite this week and play with your friend yeah. and yeah. get the Shenron glider for free. We'll see. I, well, have a, well, I have a lot of work. I have a lot of work to still get done. Because here's the thing, Brandon the all of the dragon ball pack stuff whenever they would release the second pack and there will be a second pack at some date in the future they'll release all the character skins again so mm -hmm. like you have time to get those character skins again the shenron glider because it's not a purchasable purchasable thing it's an event reward that won't be back mm. so that is a like play it now play it free get it we'll see and, we'll see uh anyway um I want to talk a little bit about it. I really wish Ryan was here to talk about it because I'd love to hear what he had to say about it. But um, Ryan and I went to see The Lion King, the mm -hmm. stage show. Uh, mm -hmm. Really loved it. Um, we had the opportunity to go together and uh, I I knew Ryan hadn't seen it. So I was like, let's go. Let's go do this. Um, because this there was is another your part of... third time. Oh, honey, this is my this was my eighth time. See, um, the stage show for Lion King. You've seen it. Yes, eight times? I've seen it wow. eight times. Wow. I've, only I've, only, I've only seen it once and one of those times was in mandarin um oh yeah it was wonderful um yeah uh this was this was my first time actually seeing it stateside uh since the time i saw it in mandarin um and i really enjoyed it i thought it was a great production this was up in san jose uh went with my fiance my mom uh other friends of ours and ryan um uh really a uh, fun fact like nobody on the podcast audience is going to care about this but brandon you remember kenny neely yeah kenny's wife was nala yeah that's very cool you yeah. told me about that uh kenny neely for those uh, anybody who gives a shit was a uh, went to high school with us schoolmate of ours yeah um so just super cool uh they were it's a fantastic show um, it's still a fantastic show. It remains a fantastic show. It was all the more, I did have a wonderful moment with Ryan where I was saying like, now that you've seen this and this was my first time seeing it since the, the John Favreau movie came out. Yeah. Uh, I was like, you can see why I said like they had all the tools to make something cool and artistic right here. Like not that they needed to like release a film that is the stage show, but I'm like, you could have gone with like more tribal elements, more things representative of what the show is doing rather than the route they took. Mm -hmm. 
And Ryan was like, absolutely. Or I'm like, at bare minimum, include these songs. And Ryan's like, yes, 100%. Like, it's, it's now he's heard Shadowland and seen it performed and is like, how did you have Beyonce and not have her sing Shadowland? It makes no goddamn sense. Oh my God. Um, Now I'm mad again about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, So Lion King Stage Show, absolutely incredible. Uh, 10 out of 10, always recommend. Um, So I just wanted to touch on that. I did watch. The I Am Groot shorts that came out on Disney Plus. I forgot about those. They are cute and fun. Go check them out. They're they don't take a lot of time, and they're they're darn cute, darn cute. I Am Groot shorts. Um, that's all I have to really say about it. They're darn cute. I watched the first two episodes of the new season of Harley Quinn because for a brief amount of time, my fiance and I were in the same mm. spot, so we watched some Harley Quinn together. Uh, it's still a great show, guys. Still a great Harley Quinn show. Real happy about it. Glad it's here. Glad it's here on HBO Max. Want to talk about some things that aren't on HBO Max, though? Holy shit. Um, I do this thing that uh, I I realize is a problem, and I'm getting bit in the ass for it now, which is that sometimes I get to the end of something, and I know it's the end of something, and I put off doing it because I don't want it to be over, so I don't watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did that with a show called OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes. That was a oh. mistake um, because that show is bye-bye. Uh, so I tried to watch unsuccessfully. I did not get through all of it. I tried to watch uh, all of the last season of OKKO OK before it was taken away. I got through a little over half, but mm-hmm. I did get to a very important episode that Ben, damn it, did you watch it? The Sonic one? Yeah. I was, was going to ask you if it's still up there, but... Son of a bitch. Okay. You did warn, you did tell me and I did want to watch it just like I, I don't I was like there's so I many believe, other things oh, I've heard it. I haven't looked into it myself but I, I I've heard that OKKO is still on Hulu but I'm not sure if that's only like a Hulu live TV subscription um, I remember because when, when I started watching OKKO it was on Hulu but it was like regular it wasn't live so I'm gonna double check right now yeah it is it is also available on iTunes that's true it's also available on my computer um (laughs) it is uh it says seasons one through three on hulu.com and the hulu app great so okay ko it's still right there for the moment um i highly recommend watching that show guys uh it's ian jones quarterly uh making it with his team fantastic show truly love it um and uh the sonic episode i really want ben to watch because the sonic episode is such a It's such, it's such a love letter, Ben. It is such a love letter to so much Sonic. The, the amount of references there's literally like a moment, Ben, where they cut to Sonic and they animated him exactly like in pose in the way that he looks over at the other characters to be the way he is in the Sonic OVA when he's sitting in the lawn chair. Um, They just like, they pull out every reference you could possibly think of. Uh, it's so good. Really love it. Uh, and it's just, it just exemplifies what OKKO is so good at doing is it's just like loving the medium of the things that it enjoys. Um, I remember you sent me the open, like the very first 20 seconds of the show where OK is talking to the other kids in the store. I forgot their names. It's been so long since I saw Rad, Rad and Enid. Yeah. Rad and Enid. And he's doing the, the sonic things and he's even staring at them and tapping his shoe just like yes. sonic does yes and i'm just like i need to watch the show it's so it's so excellent in in 
unbelievably ways. Uh, but I'd say that about the whole show. Um, okay, KO, let's be heroes. I think is is a fantastic cartoon, and I I dragged my feet, and uh, it's still there, and I'm going to still be able to watch the episode. So that's not really the point. The point is that HBO Max through Zaslav is is screwing us all. And uh, there's another show. There's another I show. We'll get, I assume we'll get to that because when I open up, oh, the we, will. we will. Um, uh, but I need to talk about it here because it, it, it's the reason I did things I did this week. I attempted to get to infinity train, but I was too late because it was literally taken away 24 hours after the notice was given. Um, and infinity train is, uh, is a bummer. Also, we can highlight Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah! Hi, Ryan. Ryan says, "Fuck." Ben, are you gonna bring it in? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought you. And I think that's fair right now. Zaslav is doing terrible, terrible things. So Infinity Train was pretty much gone as an opportunity because Mm -hmm. I was uh, prioritizing another show before Infinity Train, and then Infinity Train was. Um, people have pointed out that like some of Infinity Train is still available in certain places, but not. uh, in, in, unless you're buying it through like iTunes or Vudu, and and the word on the street is that that ain't going to stick around for Infinity Train specifically um, with seasons three and four, which were HBO Max exclusives. They also, I thought this was just so petty. They they immediately the day that they pulled it off of HBO Max delisted Infinity Trains Volume One and Two from DVD. So like mm. I I looked at it the day that they announced that infinity train was leaving and i looked on amazon and the dvds for volume one for season one and two were right there and you could buy them you could buy them new you could buy them right away and the next day gone can't buy new dvds anymore they will not do it they will not manufacture on demand they will not do it um this is petty and upsetting and gross and i'm really mad about it but as you can see below I am a pirate um so (laughs) you will not stop me um (laughs) So Infinity Train's going to be in my near future horizon, I suspect, but I'm less concerned because um, I know where it is. Uh, but I also prioritized and did successfully finish Close Enough, um, which okay. we've talked about multiple mm-hmm. times on the show before. I went, I was waiting to watch it with my fiance because she likes that show a lot. Um, but then the hammer came down and I was like, well, I'm not, I'm going to watch Close Enough. Here we go. Um, so I finished that wonderful, wonderful season. Ben, have you done that yet? I haven't finished all of season three yet, but I'm in okay. like the middle of it. Well, okay. now it's gone. Uh, what? Yeah, it's not on HBO Max. That's Are you why fucking kidding me? This is why I'm doing this. I did close enough because close enough was taken off of HBO Max. It's Someone get my gun. Shit's going down. Okay, no, no. Okay. No. FBI Don't... guy, no, no. I'm not doing the thing. I'm not doing okay. the thing. We're cool. Okay. It's, it's okay. I am a pirate. Um... <laughs> yo ho, yo ho. <laughs> Uh, and, Wait, Roger and, me, and you'll and you'll be able to watch the rest of Close Enough one way or another. It'll happen, I promise you. But it's Ooh. very good. Um, JG Quintel and Ian Jones Quarterly are two fantastic minds who have done a lot of wonderful work for Cartoon Network. It was not just Close Enough and uh, OKKO. It was also Steven Universe. It was also Adventure Time. Um, it was also regular show. Uh, they have been mainstays at Cartoon Network Studios doing wonderful work, and it is disheartening to watch both of them and uh, the Infinity Train creator, whose name escapes me right now, just on Twitter this week, just like, man, this is the worst. Um, these shows are super good, and I can't praise them enough. If you can find your way to getting to close enough or any of them, 
um, do so. Summer Camp Island. That's another one that got taken that I'm really upset about. Um, Summer Camp Island does have seasons still on Hulu, but not the HBO Max exclusive ones. Uh, and it's currently in limbo about whether or not they're going to get their last season, which they wrote during the pandemic um, and is is supposed to go into final production, um, whether or not that will ever see the light of day. Close enough. What I found particularly frustrating, but close enough is that it was just canceled not yeah. long ago. Yeah. And 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 you don't even give people time to grieve. No, it's a, like so the thing is that um this would be a broader discussion topic one day, but like I was thinking about today and I'm like, you know, it's, it's really upsetting that like there are fantastic shows like, uh, okay. KO and close enough that are being pulled. And like, some people will say, well, like, you know, just not enough people were watching these shows like summer camp Island. And I'm like, I've seen people talking about these shows. Like people were watching these shows, infinity train, especially like, that's not the issue. The issue is that like, it doesn't matter in the world of animation. They just don't give a shit unless you are, moving physical merchandise the way adventure time does nobody gives a shit and that's the thing is adventure time is the one standout that's like that and even then adventure time couldn't get a blu-ray release of its entire series because i'm thinking of things like real quick ben i'm thinking of things like steven universe steven universe is arguably the most popular cartoon modern cartoon series that is not adventure time and even steven universe got canceled like i <laughs> i i don't it's it's ridiculous it's ridiculous the standards that they have to live up to for them to be successful and treated the way they deserve for this fantastic art that they create anyway yeah, um, really upset that those shows were gone i was happy i got to watch what i was uh, able to before hbo max uh did their slaughtering there's gonna be more to come but um i'll i'll find a way to the rest of those shows one way or another i know i will um yo ho yo ho i have one i have something i want to add too so say what you need to say uh, two really quick anecdotes. I remember years ago, back when I was on the other show, I was talking to Greg Weissman, and a big thing. This was like back in like early 2010s ish. You're bringing was, up Young Justice was canceled yeah. because of no, no merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, no merchandise sold. So it's like, hey, buy the toys. It's like, well, where are the toys? So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing, just a little side note about the the close enough thing. My roommate ha owns. He has his own boba business. Like he does events and parties, and he was hired to do an event at the season three launch party for close enough. Mm. And he was really excited because all of us here at the house love that show. Right. And he was trying to like, he was trying to meet JG Quintel. He was trying to, I think he saw him from across the room. He was like, Holy crap. He looks exactly like Josh. Cause you know, it's him. And now that it's canceled, it's just hurt. It hurts my soul even more. Cause that was such a good show. Yeah. Um, instead of saying what I was going to say, I wrote down, topic for us so we'll do that at a later time uh so stay tuned for that okay shall we get into our to our, our, not our topic our uh, by the way we're not doing book club this week it was ryan's turn to do the book club uh we're skipping it it's gonna be yeah. next week yeah uh if ryan is on so yeah i'm sure i'm sure we'll touch on more of those cancellation stuff later in the news i just i i had to kind of address it because it was responsible for the reasons i consumed what i did yes um so we get into our bread and butter nom 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 some sad news up top david zaslav was found murdered in his <laughs> i'm kidding um <laughs> um fbi guys i'm sorry <laughs> fbi guys we're not gonna do anything stupid um well i won't do anything illegal hbo max was found murdered this week though yeah, yeah. 
Krillin was found murdered this week. All right. Um, <laughs> Tom Palmer. I'm so sorry. This is the sad part. Tom Palmer, who is a, a very popular and very famous uh, comic book inker of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, um, was uh, 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 is dead. He's passed away. The age of 81. Gotcha. And Wolfgang Peterson, uh, probably most notably the director of um, The NeverEnding Story for the people on this panel and, and probably people watching this. Uh, long career, though. Uh, he passed away this week at the age of 81 as well. Yep. NeverEnding yeah. Story is an incredible movie. I love it the is. movie to death. Never forget that horse. Never forgetting that horse. Ben, have you seen NeverEnding Story? Nope. Oh, Ben. There's a scene involving a horse that you will never forget. Oh, I know that scene. I'm sure he's seen it in the zeitgeist somewhere. I think I, Ben. I, I think Ben is too old actually at this point. I don't think he'll he'll like it at this. Point. I don't think that's true. Really? I don't think that's true. Okay. I don't think you'd like Never Ending Story two because it's not good. And if you didn't watch it as a child, you won't think it's good because that happened to me. Um, because I did not see it as a child, and I had friends who had seen it as a child, and they're like, "It's so good," and we're sitting there, and I'm like this is garbage <laughs> did you ever see the third one no because it was an it was the, the, the third one is just never any story three and it's an animated movie uh-huh. um i was always kind of curious about that one but and contrary to popular belief the never any story did actually end mm. so that's unfortunate yep. i want to see a like, remake these look like such big strong hands oh my god you know what you know what movie what movie is perfect for the Final Fantasy VII uh, 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 remake treatment, that kind of like ending. you know, like this this story has already happened and now it's going to happen in a different way. We recognize that never ending story. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'd watch the shit out of that. I'm so yeah. jazzed about this idea. Pretty pretty good director. Um, that's a solid film and it holds up well. I think. Um, yeah. Long long lives here. So I want to I want to look him up real quick. Because I'm pretty sure I've seen more of his stuff, but I'm not sure. No, maybe I haven't. Oh, he did Troy. Troy's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Air Force One. Yeah, Air Force One's a great movie. Yeah. There's um, good work there for sure. Yeah. Wait, Troy's in Brad Pitt. Troy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoy that movie. Yeah. A good career. Yeah. A good I life. agree. Um, okay, so let's move on. Okay. You guys remember Ferris Bueller's Day Off? I do. I've heard of it. Have you not seen it, Sparks? No. Oh, you don't get to do that, Ben. You don't get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, with all the movies that I haven't seen, you guys have. It just makes me smile that there's a movie that I have seen and Sparks has not. Okay. Let well, me I mean, like you know, that's time. yeah, you know, that's just the nature of things. No, but I'm not going to be like, oh, you need to see. It. I'm we, gonna be like, we uh, all have, we all have our gaps. Ben, yours are larger than most. I know. I, I'm aware of Here's that. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say real quick. Vaguely aware enough of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's not that I don't think I'd like it, but there's never been anything that's made me feel like, man, I have to see that movie because for me personally, it'll be a really great movie. It's like, yeah, I'll probably enjoy it. I just haven't made myself go out of my way to watch it. Yeah. I think that's this is the only John Hughes movie that I've ever seen. Or the only John Hughes movie I've ever seen. That's, that's unfortunate. A, that never is seen different... Breakfast Club. Never seen Sixteen Candles. Mm, What's another famous Breakfast one that he Club? did? Boy, you gotta see Breakfast Club. Yeah, no. Oh, I know. I did recently watch um, uh, Sixteen Candles. That's a good movie too. Uh, John Hughes Home Alone, right, Sparks? Yes. Oh, I lied. I have seen Home Alone. 
I was going to say, Ben, I'm like, I'm pretty confident you've seen Home Alone. No, no, I, I have. I mean, I saw it two Planes, trains, ago. and automobiles? Never seen that one. Oh, you got to see that one. That's pretty good. I did Uncle see that one recently, though. So Uncle Buck? Never seen that one. National Lampoon? Nope. You've never seen any of the National Lampoon vacations? Nope. Really? Wow. Really? That's surprising to me. What about Baby's Day Out? Nope. <laughs> just Weird science? Him. Nope. That's funny. All right. Flubber? I have seen he's Flubber. A yes. He's a producer on Flubber. He's not a director on Flubber. That's still something. All right. That's fair. Flubber, we're just naming a bunch of John Hughes films. I'm just saying, nope, 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 nope. Anyway, anyway there's a point to this story. Um, uh, They're making a spinoff. Uh, they're, they're developing a spinoff called Sam and Victor's Day Off, which will be about the uh, valets who stole the Ferrari in the movie. Really? Yeah, uh, the team from Cobra Kai, the three writers of Cobra Kai, are uh, are developing it. Okay, bit late in it. Oh, a bit. Did. I mean, I would I would assume it would be about their kids. To be honest, I mean, the actor who played Cameron came back for those commercials, but I mm-hmm. thought I thought I was off there. John Hughes didn't direct um, Home Alone; he just wrote it. That was oh. uh, that was Columbus, Chris Columbus. Christopher, Christopher Columbus directed that oh. one. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I double checked because it's somewhere in my lizard brain in the back. I was like, I'm wrong. <laughs> Why I'm am still, I wrong? But still, good movie. That is a good movie. John Hughes is a very good writer. He is. Yeah, he I is. mean, John Hughes is like more iconic for the writing than than the directing, if we're being honest. But just because of that body of work is like twice the size. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so, you know, new Ferris Bueller's movie. Uh, uh, since Ben, you're probably the only one who... I mean, I've seen it. It's okay. Um I've seen it a few times. It's it's a fun movie to put on and, and be like, yeah, this is a good time. Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm into this, to be perfectly honest. Have you seen Cobra Kai yet? No, I haven't seen Cobra Kai. You should catch up on Cobra Kai. I should. Um, okay. Have you seen uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers? That new season's coming next week. No, I have not seen Mighty Ducks Game Changers. I really like that I know more about the Mighty Ducks than you at this point. I think it's really funny just because Ben had the strongest opinions about that show before it came out. They're not the Mighty Ducks. Ben, they've never been the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) Um, Okay. Uh, This is, I wish Ryan was here once again uh, because the rehearsal I put in the news, the rehearsal, the Nathan Fielder uh, series on HBO Max was renewed for a second season. That's cool. Mm -hmm. A little confusing, but it's cool. Have you watched the Sparks? No, I mean I want to. I just, it's only confusing because of the the HBMX of it all. Yes, um, but I'm happy that it's doing the job it's doing. I've seen Nathan Fielder stuff. I just haven't seen this one. Yeah, uh, we're kind of gonna blow through the rest of this. But National Treasure, Jerry Bruckheimer has confirmed that the third film is still in development, which I'm happy to hear. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought that show was going to kill it. I'll be honest. Yay! Yeah, we'll see if uh, Cage likes the script. Yeah, they're gonna happens send unless Cage likes the script. They're sending him the script uh, soon. Uh, they say they got a good movie, so we'll see. I'm really, I'm really glad. Honestly, I, w- I only put this one in there because, like, I was, I thought for sure the show was like we'll do the show instead of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm happy that's not the case. Yeah, me yeah. too. I'm, I'm also excited. I just like you, Brian. I've been joining for National Treasure three. That ending was like, come on, give it to us, but. Yeah. We, might, we might get it. There's still, there is still hope. Well, after the Saw films tried to reboot with Jigsaw, 
And after the Saw films tried to reboot with Spiral, the Book of Saw, they're going to go back and just do good old Saw 10. Okay. Which will probably be called Saw X. Um, Socks. Socks. So a 10th Saw film is in development um, uh, at Twisted Pictures and Lionsgate. Um, This will be directed by Kevin uh, Gruchert? Gruchert. Who directed the 6th and the 7th Saw films. Uh, Probably the two best that Lee Winnell didn't work on because he worked on the first three. Um, Yeah. So good, good. I'm okay with this. It's a shame from an outside perspective that Spiral wasn't better because I feel like in a, as an idea of like reinterpreting and branching away from the Saw franchise, that was probably smart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a shame it clearly didn't take. Yeah, Spiral's not a very good movie, unfortunately. I was really rooting for it because um, I kind of like the Saw films. Um, and I was just so disappointed with Spiral. And I, I'm, I'm, I understand the need to go back to John Kramer um, because if Spiral didn't work, you want to kind of try to be like, okay, well, let's bring back Tobin Bell. Um, and that that's fine. I'm okay mm. with that. Um, but it's, it is kind of a bummer that we feel the, the desire to revert. Um, mm-hmm. The writer, however, gives me less, less uh, confidence. It's going to be written by Josh Dolberg. Now, in fairness, he did say this is the best Saw film he's ever written. Uh, but he wrote Jigsaw and Spiral. Those are the only two Saw films he wrote. Why are we going back to the same well if we decided that well wasn't working? Yeah, that's really weird, right? Okay. Uh, Somehow he he got a chance to write a third Saw film. That's really weird when it's like, okay, we're going to have this movie that's going to like relaunch the Saw franchise. That didn't work. Okay, get that writer back in here. We're going to give him another shot. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, get that writer back in here. We're gonna go back to the old formula, but with this writer. Yeah, it's, you know, you know, you want to get me really interested in a Saw movie? Get Lee Winnell back. Yeah, Lee Winnell wrote the first three films. They're great. I'd rather first see. Ones. I'd rather see Lee Winnell just keep doing different things. I agree. I'm not saying I don't. I just like you want to get me interested in another Saw movie. That's that's how you do it. All right, Superman and Lois news. Uh, Jordan uh, Alsace, who plays Jonathan Kent, has left the show uh, due to personal Jordan, reasons. Jordan, who plays Jonathan, not Jordan. Yes. All oh, right, yeah. because Jordan Kent is the other Yeah, guy. I think that's funny. Um, that's confusing. So he's, he didn't show up in Vancouver. At the, at the date that was allotted for the cast to return to Vancouver, he did not show up. And he didn't tell people that he wasn't going to show up until after. He said, made a statement, I'm leaving for personal reasons. No one knows what those reasons are at this point, uh, but he has made that decision, and the role of Jonathan Kent will be recast. It's a bummer. Huh. Okay. The only person who's probably caught up with Superman and Lois Sparks? Yeah, no, I'm not. No, you're not? Nope. How far are you? I haven't touched season two. Oh, neither have I. I haven't finished season one. Yep. Uh, also, something I was watching with my fiance and Ryan, and we don't live in the same place and haven't for a while. So that's true. Um, yeah, that kind of sucks. But all right. Yep, that's a bummer. He was good. I hope he's okay. Same. That's not generally the sign of someone who's uh, doing okay. Yeah. 
All right, some reading news. It's comics and books. Reading rainbow. Um, all right. Uh, Invincible Iron Man. Uh, we know that Christopher Cantwell is leaving Invincible Iron Man. Uh, now we know who's taking over. Jerry Duggan. And Juan uh, Frigeri. Uh, they're going to be taking over Invincible Iron Man um, after Cantwell leaves. This will see Stark at his lowest point, having lost everything, uh, when a cavalcade of killers are hired to kill him. So basically what the setup will be. Cantwell's a hard act to follow, but mm-hmm. best of luck to the team. It's cool. Um, Victor Lavelle's Sabretooth miniseries ended recently. That's five issues. Yep. Uh, it'll be following it up with another Sabretooth miniseries. That's fun. Called, called Sabretooth and the Exiles. Hmm. Cool. Um, orphan and nanny. Orphan and, and nanny. Uh, orphan maker and nanny. Nanny and orphan maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in this book, by the way. Cool. There's some of the exiles. Victor Lavelle and Leonard Kirk on art. Um, it's going to be another five issue miniseries where Sabretooth will now be out of the pit. Now that he's escaped. Um, and uh, he and, and the other exiles in the pit will uh, cause some trouble. Interesting. Yeah. I like happy that. To, happy to see that, that continue. The five issue miniseries thing has been fun in the X-Men line. So that's cool. You should do more of it, honestly. Did you do you you read the Juggernaut one, yeah? No, I haven't read the Juggernaut one. No. Oh, you should read the Juggernaut one. It was good. Mm-hmm. I heard. Um, I was actually thinking about taking this one out, but whatever, it's here. So Jedi Jedi Battle Scars. Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars will be a book novel mm-hmm. that yep. will be set between Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, the upcoming oh. game out next year. Okay. It's about like a five year jump from Fallen Order to Survivor, right? I believe so. Okay. And then this will be set. Go ahead. No, I'm done. That was it. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, I think this is cool. I'm glad that uh, they're wanting to fill in that time. I think that's fun. Yeah. Sam Maggs will be the the writer of this novel. It'll be out on March 7th, 2023. Mm -hmm. Those comics, by the way, are out in November. Oh. Um, Forgot to mention. Oh, I should have put more stuff in the news to buffer this. Wait, uh, d- didn't didn't we? Wasn't there news about the Fantastic Four, the new? Oh, they didn't. Damn it! Um, so uh, Ryan North and artist uh, Ivan Coelho, I think, are taking over uh, Fantastic Four in November from um, Dan Slott. From Dan Slott, so you know, uh, a pretty easy act to follow, frankly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that this is going to be pretty good. You know um, what? Zero out of ten. Reed doesn't have a beard anymore. I'm I'm already excited from the buzz I'm hearing about, which is also thanks to like Ryan, who's not here, who I'm sure would have a lot more to say about this than I do. But yeah. like, just just I know Ryan's ecstatic about this. There's a lot to, to of promise on the table here, uh, and when he's ecstatic about it, I get excited about it. Um, North has already said he wants to do smaller, self-contained stories that are more in the vein of sixty Star Trek, which is right away like. Well, I'm more appealed. He he wants to like scale down and get personal with the Fantastic Four in contrast to Slot's run being like bombastic and mm-hmm. stupid. <laughs> uh, you know the only slot the only slot comic I have ever read more than two issues of is um, Silver Surfer, where I read the first volume. 
But I never read all of Superior Spider-Man or any of his Spider-Man books. Oh, I did read Spider-Verse. I just avoid anything with Dan Slott's name just because Ryan and Sparks continuously... I don't, don't, do, don't do that. Don't do that. Read his Silver Surfer run. It's great. Okay. Uh, generally, my understanding is that uh, things pre pre the, the end of his Spider-Man run uh, have merit, and anything after that, to my knowledge, has not. Nope. That's my He's understanding. Still- Maybe Ryan would have a different take. <laughs> His Silver Surfer one's really good. I haven't read all of it, but I, I really, really liked what I've read. And, and Spider Verse is pretty good. Begrudgingly, I admit that I have read a volume of his She Hulk, and it was good. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Not not everyone is all bad. No, it's more. I I more. It's I don't like a lot of choices that Slot has made in his writing. This is you know been well stated. There are things yeah. I don't agree with, and and reasons I had no interest in picking up his Fantastic Four comic, amongst other things. But it's more that I don't like him as a person <laughs> and how he engages with fans in in his own social way that gives me pause with Dan Slott. But not, but he's never done anything so heinous that I, I would like blacklist him necessarily. Yeah. Yet. Um, but yeah, the new Fantastic Four uh, run should be pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm glad I remembered that. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, Warner Brothers Discovery. Quick note before we dive in, I just want to say, Brandon, I love how you put Lesai on the rundown sheet next to Warner Brothers. I, dude, even when I was look, trying to find the trailers for this morning before we hopped on and did this, I was like, how come I keep seeing Warner Brothers Discovery three times? Is this okay? Oh, so this is the Dragon Ball Super. What's, what the fuck did Warner Brothers Discovery do? And then I found out. And then I'm like, oh, my heart. Three weeks in a row for Warner Brothers Discovery. Let's start with the CW, which we already knew that Nexstar was looking to buy. Well, they have. Uh, the CW will own, will be owned, 75% of the CW will be owned by Nexstar. Warner Bros. Discovery, Warner Bros. Discovery and Paramount, who are the two companies that own the CW at, at the time, will no longer own the company. They're both letting it go. Uh, this was the interpretation I took when we heard the first um, news about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just glad that they've clarified at this point. Was my interpretation was that they would not have any yeah. amount of control anymore. Um, however, Nexstar has come out and say that the CW will now cater to its target audience of 58 year olds. Uh, apparently, the CW's audience is overwhelmingly people in their late 50s. Yeah. That's what they think. Yeah. That was very funny. That's that's what they think, but that's not necessarily true. But, you know, go for yeah. it. Go for it, CW. Uh, a lot of young girls watch the CW, as always. Hey, you know, it's, it's it's fine with me. It means that I don't have to bother with the CW app anymore in the future. That's true. Um, I think I deleted it off my phone already. Too long. Uh, yep, it's gone. Do we think... Hmm, I don't care. Do you think I was, what? I was about to ask about Walker, but nobody gives a shit about Walker. Oh, oh! You mean the Texas Ranger reboot? Yeah, I think the, I think uh, everything that's owned by Warner will be moved. Uh, it well, it'll either they'll decide if they want to move it or if they if they, I think it'll end up in tears. Do we want to shop this out? Do we want to move this to HBO Max or whatever the streaming mm-hmm. service of the future will be, or do we want to just kill it? Yeah, HBO Discovery. Because like I could see Walker being shopped out. Like sure. on lease, I think anything that Nexstar is interested in having on the service, if they're willing to pay Warner Brothers to have it on the service, they'll be like, "Sure, we'll, yeah. we'll 
Shop it out. But most things I think are going to end up on the chopping block if they aren't already. Probably. Like Superman and Lois. If Superman and Lois is to continue, I think Superman and Lois will just move. I mean, it practically already is. Yes. It's, a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's funded by HBO Max and Arrow. I know. I know. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why that'll just move. So like things like that, like I don't know. I don't think the Supernatural show will stay on the CW. I mm-hmm. think that would move but walker could stay so you know it's gonna be decisions like that i think yeah okay sesame street over 200 of sesame street's classic episodes have been removed from hbo max however sesame street did release a statement afterwards saying that uh, a lot of them are still available on youtube for free it just doesn't make any sense though no it doesn't like this isn't even this isn't even benefiting them. It's just no. petty. Why get rid of Sesame Street off of HBO Max? Because Zaslav doesn't believe that the that the Sesame Street purchase because the the last people AT and T bought um, the rights to Sesame Street from PBS, right? And uh, to bolster the HBO Max kid catalog, Zaslav one of Zaslav's things when he came in one of the things that he said was like there were a lot of bad purchases done by the last regime that I will undo. I think that's what this is. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's get into some other stuff. Um, around 40 animated shows, I think actually 40 animated shows, were I think announced. it's like 36. Um, have been removed from HBO Max. They were told they were leaving at the beginning of the week and then they, end, then they left at the end of the week. Or sooner, or sooner. Um, let I, I want to read. I want to read some of the list. Sure, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's it's a lot, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, Spark and Sparks, you mentioned a few of them. OKKO, okay, um, close enough. Summer Camp Island, Infinity Train, close enough. That was just canceled. Close enough is a good example because this is an HBO Max exclusive. These are not just shows that are coming from Cartoon Network um, that aired on television. These are there. Some of these are HBO Max exclusives, created for HBO Max, aired only on HBO Max. Or, or if I'm being, if I may, just real quick, yeah. uh, kind of the shitty thing that happened, and some of the creators have been talking about this, is that like their shows were forced into be H, into being HBO Max exclusives and taken off Cartoon Network without a lot of transparency about why that decision was made or what was enforcing it. But like Summer Camp Island, three seasons on Cartoon Network, four and five on HBO Max. Yeah, uh, and what that essentially doomed them uh, in the long run. Because I'm sure like even Cartoon Network and HBO and, and what were they called before? Warner Media were thinking about like, you know, we can move these here and they'll always be on HBO Max because no one ever thought this could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. I'm sure when AT&T sold Warner Brothers to Discovery, they didn't think this was possible. Uh, anyways, Aquaman King of, the, King of Atlantis. The, uh, uh, yeah, H- that one too. The HBO Max exclusive Aquaman animated show. Yep. You know, to your billion dollar movie. Um, okay, KO. A Pac Man of the Ghostly Adventures. Um, Uncle Grandpa. Mm-hmm. That was one that was that's gone now. Um, Alan's next next great designer, Elliot from Earth. Um, and more. I won't name any more anymore. Um, but the good news. 
is still that uh, I think about four of them are on Hulu still. Uh, still, in the case of Infinity Train, though, uh, egregiously, um, YouTube videos are being taken down. All marketing for it has been taken down. Songs are being removed from Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, all but two of the shows are available to purchase on iTunes. Yep. So there is also that. Um, pirating is not the only way. Uh, if you have the re- the funds and the resources to buy the three dollar episode a um, hundred times, you know, do so. Here's um, the thing, though. Uh, you making that purchase now does not benefit the people who worked on the show. Yeah. That's kind of the the shitty thing here is like, you know, people will say like, well, buy it. So you're supporting that. That is now because of what they're doing. That is not the case. Buying these shows on iTunes and Vudu doesn't help the creators mm-hmm. at all. Doesn't support them at all anymore. <laughs> yeah the the reason the reason that has been given by Variety and now mind you Variety is, is is speculating based on what they have heard. So this could not be the official reason. Certainly, David Zaslav is not going to come out and say it is. Um, it is likely though. The reason is because they don't want to pay the residuals for these shows because they look at them as they are not <clears> performing well. We're going to take them off and we don't have to pay the creators anymore, mm-hmm. which is very, very messed up. Um, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> this is really messed up. Animation. Oh. We talk about this all the time. Animation is not animation is always slighted in the industry. Yeah. Always. And it's, just, it, it, it's, mm. I'm really pissed off about this. Now there, so there are two things like I want to piggyback off what I was saying earlier. There are two major things, which is like, I, I want to support these shows fiscally. It's what I want to do. I love these shows. I love these shows. If I could have bought every episode of OKKO in a way where I knew it would never be taken away from me and that I owned it and it supported the artists and the creators, then I would have. Yeah. That's not, the reality of our digital sales and unfortunately okko never got a physical release of any kind so i have no way to purchase it in a way that supports the creators and makes it so that i have purchased the thing for myself permanently this animated Um, show the the idea that animated shows don't get these physical releases is not new it's been happening disney started it and it's just kind of piggybacked off of Disney, Warner Brothers even still released the first couple of seasons of Adventure Time before releasing a bigger block. It's set. really, it's really infuriating. It went up to season seven and then quit. And yeah. the thing is, season six and seven only went to DVD instead of Blu-ray when previous seasons had been Blu-ray and DVD. And it's really upsetting that Warner Brothers has a manufacturer on demand service that they have set up. We have talked about this before with the Black Lightning show, which really pissed people off because they will skimp and cut corners. And they did with Black Lightning. Every other Arrowverse show got Blu-ray physical releases in stores, always consistently, easily, even Legends of Tomorrow. But Black Lightning, DVD only. In fact, only a DVD release of season one and no actual DVD release of seasons two and three. And then people were like, Whoa, what's up with this? Is that racism? I smell. And they were like, (laughs) okay, okay. Okay. Manufacture on demand, Blu-ray. Sorry. Sorry. So black lightning got its step up, but 
animation has suffered the same thing all the goddamn time and it's ridiculous that we live in this current age like i don't mind so much if you're releasing your old looney tunes on dvd and i buy it on dvd i don't care you can only upscale that so much these animation shows are gorgeous and they are made in beautiful 1080p i do not want to buy a physical dvd copy of a complete series that is in 1280 by 720 get out of here we're in 1280 by 720 yeah, and we look like shit. Um, and I don't, don't want to be paying money for that. Damn. All right. Well, that's a shot. That was great. That was great. Um, yeah, we don't I charge am... people to look at us so we look like this. That's how it goes. <laughs> but they are asking, like, it just it's just a, such a shitty, nebulous thing of, like, Infinity Train, Adventure Time, OKKO, Steven Universe, uh, close enough all of these are gorgeous like really beautifully animated shows and the fact that they will release them at these hamstrung smallest scale like it's it's nice to at least have the physical copies out there i'm not saying don't buy these physical dvds buy these physical dvds it is a good thing to do own them have them support them there's extras on there that you can't get anywhere else that's great i love doing that i love these shows some of them don't have it okay ko doesn't have it close enough doesn't have it probably never will now it's just that they deserve better. These yeah. things are art, and they deserve better treatment. Ben, you, you had your hand up before. Yeah, um, you guys are familiar with Adam Adam Conover, correct? Yeah. Yeah, he he does um, some of his... Um, he has, like, hot takes... Or not hot takes, but he does, like, Adam ruins everything. Little yeah, his show, was, his show was canceled when AT&T bought, Discovery, bought uh, Warner Brothers. Yeah. But he's but he's also on TikTok now and he does like little Adam like ruins everything little skits or little blurbs. And boy howdy was he going on the water discovery right now. He's like, hey, do you guys remember what when you signed up for a subscription service that those exclusive shows would never leave except in dire circumstances? Like the exception to the rule being the Marvel shows now on Disney Plus, because they were Netflix originals. Mm-hmm. But that I right. mean, they're still but available. The, the, but, but they went somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's that was that was my next little thing. They went somewhere. That's the exception, not the rule. The rule is you make an exclusive for your streaming service, it's never gonna leave. But see, that's the problem, Ben. It's not a rule. And that's be a rule. We, we assumed when they started making these streaming services, these these dedicated streaming services uh, that weren't just third party like Netflix and Hulu, uh, we assumed that the reason was so that these things would always have a home always be able to be in the always be in circulation netflix has to pay a lot of royalties and they're not going to pay a lot of royalties to 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 uh, uh the wrestler no that's the old one whatever um to an old black and white movie uh the champ it's called the champ i was thinking that was the champ um uh to an old to an old boxing movie in black and white because i'm always going to watch that but that will always be available on the studio streaming service because they don't need to pay those royalties. They mm-hmm. own that movie that will mm-hmm. be there forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like that, that should have been, it was an unspoken rule that we all assumed. And Zaslov is taking advantage of the fact that it was unspoken. And he is looking at these things as spreadsheets. And that's, the, that's the thing I, I got into a, not a fight. It wasn't a debate. I, I was just exhausted by the guy by the first time, by the first response. But on Twitter, Sparks, I'm pretty sure you saw this because I think you liked one of my tweets. I did. Uh, um, he was he was arguing that all these shows, you know, if they're not doing well, uh, they're going to be taken off because you know Zaslav has has a huge debt to pay. 
But you see how that's worse, right? Yeah. Like that's what I wanted to tell him. Like you see how that's the problem. He is treating these things not as works of art, but as numbers on a spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. And that is never how, look, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how business savvy Bob Iger was. If he thought this way, there's no way in the hell he would admit it. Mm -hmm. No, and no person who runs a studio wants to admit that they look at these things as numbers on a spreadsheet and not pieces of art. Right. Because that's a suicide note. Yeah. Zaslav is not that person. He is not the person to run this industry, to run one of the, the biggest legacy studios in the industry. Warner Brothers used to be, anyway. He is not the person to do this because he is openly admitting to looking at these with not just, not just, by the way, not just as numbers on a spreadsheet, but through a prejudiced eye. Don't think that we haven't noticed that these that these things are being are that are being taken away from marginalized creators a lot more heavily than they are the other one the the non-marginalized creators Mm -hmm. you're right we've noticed this four women were fired from the board from 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 high from high-end positions in warner brothers this week i did not put that in the news but that is true two of them being two of them being black Mm -hmm. this man is openly He's he is he is saying the the quiet parts loud. Yep. Yes, I agree. Like we and we've talked about before why why this is bad with Zaslav and everything and 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 the shittiness of his prejudice like leaking all over the company and it's creating a bad look. I think the thing I am I revert back to like when we talked in the conversation like here we are and and I'm saying the same of like I'm just sad, I think more than anything about the future state of Cartoon Network at this moment. Yeah, because I have it like Cartoon Network is a pioneer in modern television animation, um, and I think that's going to go away, uh, sadly. And uh, I like some of the strides Disney has been taking with its animation, but let's be honest, they canceled the Owl City because it was too gay, and uh, the Owl House, sorry, the Owl City, <laughs> Jesus, the Owl House, they canceled it because it was too gay, and uh, Cartoon Network was willing to take bigger swings. And frankly, forged the path that allowed the Owl House to exist. And if this is going to get hampered, then I don't know where television animation takes its big progressive strides. Because there have been wonderful ones in the past decade or so. And I think that we've just lost it. I've been watching a lot of uh, Gumball and was done with the first season. And I bring that up, up my week. A but... show that doesn't have a single season physical release, DVD or Blu-ray. How insane is that? That's insane. It, it's an incredibly popular show, as I understand it, which yes. is probably why it hasn't been uh, targeted by Zaslav at this point. But you will never see a show. I mean, maybe soon. Like I do see there's a there's a there's a place where Disney is going into that direction, but you'll not see a show like Gumball on Disney at this point. No. Anything that progressive, because Gumball is hey, look, it's not that progressive, but it's it's pretty progressive, is shunned on by Disney. They don't want that stuff. They're a pretty conservative company, even though they claim not to be. Right. Yeah. Of course, Cartoon Network was always willing to take those risks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you're not gonna now. Where are now? Who's gonna take those risks? Nickelodeon. That's what I'm saying. Is that it? You know, the landscape of modern television animation is really grim right now. Yeah. Um, it just is. It's it's super shitty because uh, a Cartoon Network and HBO Max, a streaming giant, and our television access channel. We're just not to serious below uh, for why would people want to go there if they do have these ideas? Why would they want to go to Cartoon Network now? 
to push yeah. these ideas forward. Cartoon Network, the company itself, obviously gives a shit and would care about them, but they still answer to, have to answer to Zaslav, and he has shown now that he does not give a shit one way or another about their work. And he constantly, every week, shows how little he cares about these people's work, starting with Batgirl. This yeah. is all coming off the heels of Batgirl. I'm just, a... you know, I, I highly encourage, if you're a fan of uh, the television animated shows, in whatever way you choose to support, I endorse uh, if it's physical DVD, whatever you can do, um, check out Summer Camp Island, check out Infinity Train, check out OKKO, talk about them. Uh, don't let these shows disappear close enough. Um, and other ones that we've talked about, Amazing World of Gumball, um, We Bear Bears, all of these things that have come from this uh, past decade or so of Cartoon Network television animation pretty much all gems um there's one in the list uh mau mau which is not talked about a lot and uh frankly like it's not as incredible a show as some of the others i've named but i still think it's good modern television animation victor and valentino is another one that i really like that was knocked off uh this week victor and valentino was taken out um and that is a uh show that is unique because it's from a perspective of um spanish descendant kids and uh they are um investigating like demons and spirits and ghosts and their that kind of stuff um but it's all with an edge of like their culture and everything and that show was tr was done in both english and spanish um by the entire voice cast which is a rare thing with cartoon network that was a huge deal and victor and valentino got the axe at hbo max so like these shows deserve your support they deserve their recognition where they you can check them out wherever that is and however you choose to do so i support because these shows just need to be continued to be talked about so that we get more animation like this continuing to push forward in the future because it is super progressive and it is super important. Yeah, ben. There's a meme that, I'm, that I've seen or I keep getting reminded of whenever Nintendo does something stupid of it's and the, essentially it's just someone saying it's always morally correct to pirate Nintendo games. That's essentially the meme is. At this point, I'm willing to scratch out that. It's like it's always more than correct to watch stuff from HBO that was prior stuff that's gone on HBO Max because that was some really good shit. I really want to bring up. Um, thank you for staying on the piracy thing. Um, a lot of the creators, such as Infinity Trains creator, is advocating for piracy, and that's fair. And I want, and I, I, I had a point to bringing up the iTunes, uh, mm -hmm. the the iTunes things, uh, and then we kind of got off. But I want to, I want to go back to that real quickly. Um, yes, a lot of them are, most of them are still available on iTunes. As Spark says, that comes with its own issues. Um, now some seasons, some seasons are on Hulu as well. Go ahead. Bert. Yeah. Now the thing is, I mentioned their price. There are $3 each. That does not seem like a lot of money. Sure. $15 for an entire season. I could get 15, uh, $15. I, I think I can buy the entirety of Aquaman King of the King of Atlantis. I really want to watch the rest of that show. I only watched the first episode and I liked it. The thing is, and this is this is why I never get mad at people for pirating comics either. Um, some people don't have the funds. They don't have the income. That's why the streaming service, that's why putting that's why AT&T thought it was a good idea to put Sesame Street on HBO Max. It will always be there. Kids, you could just put on HBO Max, Sesame Street. Kids will be able to watch it. Put on any animated show. Kids are going to be able to watch it. 15 bucks a month. Parents can probably afford that. Mm -hmm. This is $15 a lot more times than a month. Mm -hmm. This is $3 a day. $3 uh, 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 an hour 
almost if you want to keep if you want to keep going uh that's a lot of money that builds up that becomes an issue now you're you're you are you are wasting you are putting money you're putting money that you don't have that's expendable into something that should have been a, a service right and it's still for digital access that technically like Zaslav can come down, bring the hammer, and say iTunes can't host this anymore. And yeah. then guess what? That thing you paid for, it's gone. Yeah, you just don't have it. Sorry, um, I, I don't make a lot of money right now. So like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am very aware of like, look, I can't buy a show on iTunes. I can't. I don't make that money. Right. Uh, we are saying iTunes a lot. I do want to specify, like, if you are a person who is interested and has the funds and wants to go buy any of these shows over on. Uh, a digital service may i please recommend voodoo um i trust voodoo more and voodoo tends to do bigger bundles with their season so for shows that have multiple seasons out you can usually find a good sale especially this happens a lot with the animation this is where i've bought i have bought digital seasons of um like i bought the last digital season of final space uh the moment it was canceled because uh and taken away because i wanted to be supportive of that show and i was mad because i got the blu-ray of the first two um so voodoo is where i encourage if you're going to do the digital sales please go do voodoo um i don't trust itunes layout there if someone's going to lose hosting rights it's going to be itunes first amazon's not a terrible alternative but i highly recommend voodoo um just because voodoo's managed to last and they tend to treat the customer care better as far as like their sales prices, things like that. So I'll say that about that. All right, well, let's move on. Oh, um, uh, but, but real quick. Um, I, I just, as a final note on it, um, I, I just, I don't want us to, I don't want these things to fade away because it's very easy for us to say like, you know, why are we harping on, on this particular, like there's a lot of shitty things that are happening at Warner brothers discovery. A lot of people losing their jobs who shouldn't or having their jobs consolidated and, and people being firing and a lot of I'll shitty things in the back row and the back girl situation and all that. And those things are important too. The thing is I'm harping on the animation stuff because frankly, like the mistreatment was happening at, with AT&T too. It just wasn't this level of egregious, but like it was happening before it's been happening where these things are like the people who work on these shows are not given the credit they're due. I mentioned before a show as popular Steven universe should not have been canceled. That just shouldn't have happened. That doesn't make any damn sense. Um, these, these pieces of animation are important. They are, a foundational piece of our television medium and so important for kids and so important for everybody. And we, the more that we trivialize the medium is the more that mistreatment is going to occur there. So it's important to shout about how much we like these shows. It's important to not let these shows go away because this medium deserves to be treated more seriously and sincerely. And the creators deserve the respect that they have never been given. The person that I mentioned that I was I got into a, a, an <clears throat> argument with um, has a very trivial uh, opinion of animation, and that's kind of when I gave up on him because I'm like, if you don't see animation as a viable medium, then I don't we we can't find common ground. There's right. no way. Yeah. Um, speaking of animation, though, Young Justice. Uh, Mag mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Uh, Young Justice. Apparently, there are no plans for a fifth season as of now. Yep. So uh, it's gone. It looks like it looks like it's canceled again. I've not I've not seen season five, so I can't speak to whether right. or not I'm sad about that. But season four, not good. Right. Uh, sorry, season Three. five. 
Season five is the next one. Season four is the one I haven't seen. Season three is the bad one. Right. Season one and two are incredible. Mm. I, I, remember, those. I remember a huge push for people watching Young Justice on Netflix to prove to Warner Brothers that, no, people want season three. Give us this show. We want to see what happens next. That was a huge push. And when it yep. said, and when HBO Max came around and they said, hey, we're bringing Young Justice back, elation, but then it turned out uh, to be so good. Small correction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Young Justice season three was was um, brought for DC Universe. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Uh, and that's and that's the thing is like we just shouldn't have to fight this hard to keep we some shouldn't. of these animated shows. Like it's so regularly, like so many of them get canceled, and it just and it just they get canceled for such stupid reasons that make no goddamn sense. A sometimes. lot of the reasons, and I wrote and I, and I like the the topic that I want to talk that I want to do large it's a large topic that I want to talk about with you guys but like a lot of the reasons Young Justice for example Green Lantern for example it's always been this way merchandise sales but if you're not making the damn merchandise no one's buying the damn merchandise it's true box lunch can only do so much yeah if well, there believe me if there was a shirt that was sold at any store of OKKO I would own it yeah. Well, uh, good news. Dune, the Sisterhood, the TV series spinoff of Dune, uh, is moving forward still. It is, it is still developing, um, and it's casting right now. That's great. Joy. I'm actually really surprised that one made it through. I feel like it was, it was, it's, it's kind of what we talked about before. Like Dune proved itself enough of a powerhouse, both in awards and critical acclaim and money, that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that they were immediately going to kibosh that one. True. It's all about have, that that money bottom line, my friend. I have no faith in Zaslav's intelligence. And so somebody like Dune, he'd be like, man, too smart for me. Screw it. <clears throat> I don't know the guy. I just have a really bad opinion of him. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Armita Post 16, hello, Pi, says Dune. Yes. Yes. And uh, some structural changes are happening to HBO Max. Uh, such as 70 employees have been laid off from HBO and HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Layoffs are, are a big part of mergers. Uh, HBO and HBO Max's comedy. Do you want me to do? Did you want to do one at a time, or should I say them all, Sparks? No, you can go. Okay. Um, HBO. Gonna, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say I'm gonna step away for a quick moment, so I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, HBO and HBO Max comedy teams are going to be merged. Uh, HBO Max will no longer develop any reality shows or documentary or documentaries. Kind of makes sense. I think I think mm-hmm. Discovery wants to keep all of those yeah. personally. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and uh, the in-house HBO Max casting department has been dissolved. So, and the aforementioned four producers who were fired yeah. for being women. Um, I shouldn't spread that, but that's true. Anyway, it, it feels like it is true. To be perfectly honest, I mean, on paper, the official reason. Like, I really hate it when when companies give like official reasons. Like, oh, this person's like, no, you fired him because you're a racist, sexist asshole. That's why. Zaslav, reminds me a lot of Ike Perlmutter. Um, oh yeah, this, that guy. This kind of, except Ike, Ike's a figurehead right now. Honestly, Kim Feige runs Marvel. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, wait, I don't want I don't want tweets about that. That is true. He is the chief creative officer of the entirety of Marvel, uh, and, I, and he no longer answers to Ike Perlmutter, who is the pre, who is the president of Marvel, which means he's just a figurehead, mm-hmm. and Kevin Feige runs the whole thing. So, nah. Um, <laughs> Kevin Feige, let's be real, Brian. Kevin Feige should have been running Marvel from the very beginning. 
Honestly, I think it's too much power. I think he should have just been the Marvel Studios president. Okay. I think giving him I think giving him the chief creative officer of all of Marvel was a bad idea. Oh, I'm sorry. I was th- I was just only thinking Marvel Studios. Yep, you're right. That is a little bit too much. Yeah, it's just it's just too much. Um, yeah. but you know what? As long as he still makes good movies. Yeah. Now, if he could just make a good TV show. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, I like She-Hulk. Okay. Um, but Ike Perlmutter, very much a '90s toy guy. He, you know, he's the guy who's like, you know, kids don't want a Black Widow toy because girls don't play with toys. That's that's Ike Perlmutter. That's how I feel about that's how I feel that um, David Zaslav is. He's very much that kind of old guard producer who should not be running a movie studio anymore because it is quite honestly backwards thinking. Yeah. It just. Okay. Now, uh, now I am starting to feel that this. Okay. It, I know why I want to say the end of Warner Brothers. It's not the end because the Warner Brothers is a legacy to They're too big. They'll to... bounce back. It'll just be a while. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like this is definitely. You know what this is? This is a dark age. This is a very dark age for Warner Brothers. And it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah. And I am. Like when you guys were saying that um, there's no such thing as a physical copy of. Of Amazing World of Gumball, I'm like there should, there should be DVDs abound. I'm really pissed off that now we probably won't even do the um, the Blu-ray on-demand manufacturing service for close enough. I would buy those Blu-rays. We went, we went the wrong way when we put all of our faith in streaming, and like the DVD and Blu-ray thing. Yeah, that's a problem because animation always gets shafted in that department. But it's quite honestly, a lot of things are not getting DVDs or Blu-rays anymore. No. Mm-hmm. Um, all of Indian cinema doesn't get put on physical media anymore uh, because during the pandemic, they just realized it's not worth it anymore. But the but the thing is, like now we're facing like literal evidence of, well, we'll just make art not exist anymore to yeah. the best of our ability. Yeah. We'll just make it absolutely inaccessible. And it's the thing where like we trusted, we put our trust in the wrong in, in streaming. Hardcore. And we are now seeing the, the 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 bad side of that trust. It's also, as other people have pointed out, very confusing how the region laws of this kind of thing break down because Close Enough is still available on Netflix in the UK. So it's like all these... How, do, how does that work? How do does that benefit them differently? How does... It's, it's not clear that... I've told Brandon before, like the streaming world is such a Wild West antitrust laws and all kinds of things have to be made um it will change and these restrictions will be made to not punish artists and reward companies for this kind of behavior but um we're not there yeah Um, but sparks you just said us a really magic phrase that got me thinking you just said close enough is available on netflix in the uk right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. vpns baby Yes, that's true. That, that, that's but but again, like it's those it's those tactics that shouldn't need to be used, right? But yes, sure. you can you can do that. Um, and it's also uh, it's it's confusing because it's like HBO Max having it not be on HBO Max means now they they don't have to pay these residuals or do these kinds of things. But having it on Netflix UK is fine. It's it's where is where are these lines? Yeah. How what are these vague like loopholes in contracts mm-hmm. that they're able to jump through that need to be closed? I mean, I hope. As, Go ahead. As I was, as I, it's probably not going to happen, or at least it's not going to happen for a very long time. And if this does happen, it's probably going to be way past the point of no return. But I just hope that now Discovery or whoever Zazov leaves, Warner Brothers is sold again to a company or to people. Don't sell the fucking company again. At this point, at this point, Brandon, I want them sold to someone who actually gives a shit. 
Honestly, pa- the Paramount. Let, let, let me Paramount. just let me just, just Paramount. You know what? No. Fuck it. Let them. I will. I will not mind. Because right now, with all this news coming out of like people getting fired, shows constantly getting canceled, your exclusives that were supposed to stay on HBO Max till the hate death of the freaking universe are now gone. Let someone who actually gives a shit about this art take over. Get Zaslov the fuck out of there. Sorry, I know I'm swearing a lot, but this is really pissing me off because this should not happen. This stuff, I am also like really bummed out for people like the creators, JG Grotel, the the person who created the Infinity Train, all of these creators who probably put their heart and soul into these creations, who finally fought through the trenches to get their shows made and on television and now are just ceremoniously wiped away because some racist douchebag decided, nah, we need to save money and this is the way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, honestly, at this point, you I don't think selling Warner Brothers to another company is the way to go. I think uh, making them independent again yeah, is the way to go. As I think uh, we've seen the past 20 years, Warner Brothers has moved three, four different times. From di- and each time it's gotten worse, mm-hmm. and I think that if you, if you really, if Warner Brothers really wants to succeed in the way that it used to, it'll take a bit to get the capital they need. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won't be able to put out multi-billion-dollar movies again uh, for a bit. But I think it is it's more beneficial because at least the people who run that company would actually would hopefully give a shit. I mean, because the the overlord company, the the tech conglomerate that will buy Warner Brothers, will never care. I mean, for, for Christ's sake, the, the face of Warner Brothers for years was an animated cartoon character. Literally, you literally every single time, every single time you see, I mean, yeah, you wouldn't see the Warner Brothers logo, but every single anime movie, like those old ones from the 90s, who comes out in a tuxedo and spins the logo around? Bugs goddamn bunny, that's who. I mean, and, but Warner Brothers has so many animated um mascots the animaniacs yes. uh, who live in the water tower for christ's yes. sake oh my uh, god i when i went to the warner Bros. lot to watch project x years ago i saw the water tower i was like that's where the animaniacs live there they are they're up there and they're on hulu of all places but they're still here i want what i want so it's tough to go back when something has gone so far yeah um and we always knew that uh, the streaming age, what they're doing in streaming right now, this current age of streaming right now, uh, we always knew it could be, it's not going to last, as Ben said, to the heat death of the universe. It will last as long as these streaming services are uh, are financially viable. And once they're gone, a lot of these exclusives will be gone with them. We always knew that was a possibility because of the physical media. That's why I always have, that's why I always get so mad that Disney doesn't put their exclusives on physical media. And I don't think, this is wishful thinking. This is Ben levels of wishful thinking. No offense, Ben. Um, no, I'm taking. I I don't. I knew this. The, was, I knew. I knew. But yeah, continue. Sorry. The idea of we should go backwards. That this will this will let these uh, uh, companies know. You know, physical media. There will probably be a a a higher demand than there have been. Now that we now now that the unfortunate wake up call has happened across the across the states. Um, that, that this is temporary uh you know i would hope i hope like i would like to see uh physical media uh come back in a way maybe not to the levels it was but in higher numbers than they are now mm-hmm. it's unlikely but that's what i'd like to see yep that's the only way to preserve art 
is through a physical release. Yeah. Because that's the thing. That's the thing about that's the thing about VHS that, that people didn't quite understand when VHS was first came came out. Because once you watched the movie that was in theaters for a couple months, even a couple of years, maybe once that was gone, that reel's gone. That taped over, it's gone. Or something. VHS came around. Oh, we can rewatch a movie from the 1930s. So, oh, I want to see that movie. And yeah, people that... got mad because they were thinking like, oh, it ruins. It's going to ruin cinema. No, it preserved art. It preserved movies that only existed in 32 and 36 millimeter reels. Mm-hmm. Now we could watch Casablanca at home and not have to wait for uh, some television studio uh, to to get the rights to air it once a, once a year. Or for it to come back into a movie theater that you may not have access to anymore. Now we can own it. Now it was now it's there forever. It will never be gone. Mm-hmm. And and then when DVD came around, it was still a physical thing. But then it's like, hey, remember? Because my Nightmare Before Christmas tape got ruined because the VCR ate it. It wore out, and something happened, and the tape got all messed up. So now it's like, hey, here's a disc that has the film on it, and it looks better than ever. And it's not going to get eaten by a VCR. It's like the physical media just kept getting better and better and better. And it's like, this is great. Now we truly have, as long as we have a power outlet and a monitor, we can watch these shows. We can watch these films again. Physical media just keeps getting better. And every time they say, but we have a digital now, it's like, with Zaslav and his regime, it's now, I really hope to, I hope to God that Netflix, Disney, Hulu, will not walk the same path that this asshole is doing. I, they will, they will. I really hope that they will stick to the unspoken rule of if we make it for our service, it is not moving. I think there's a lot of people going like, I wouldn't put it past JPEG to be perfectly honest, but like, I think there's a lot of people who are running the streaming services just going like, we could do that. And because like, no, because like they would also think it was the, the rule of like, well, that's the point of doing this. And I don't think this, I think Disney has too much pride in their company to remove uh, Herbie goes west or whatever. <laughs> what, um, what are the Herbie movies? Um, like, I don't think I don't think they're gonna. I don't think Disney will yeah. do that personally. I hope not. But I don't know. I hope not. I don't know. Still scared though. Yeah. It uh, as Park said, uh, new laws will have to be put in place to protect um, art. Quite honestly, it's protecting art. You can't just it, it's not it shouldn't be okay to just erase art. It just shouldn't. Yep. Yeah. Now now the, the Jolly Roger flag that's in the corner of my uh on my loft is looking pretty nice right now. I'm gonna have to start flying that soon. Pi, I hope you're still here because we're going into the trailer parks. The the multiple trailer parks, apparently. We're all going into two different ones. Um okay. Uh if you don't mind, I'll talk a little bit about Cobra Kai season five. Go for it. Uh, I assume you guys did not watch the trailer for this. Oh, no, I saw it. Why? You said watch trailers. I watch trailers. You don't need to. If you have, if you haven't watched the first four seasons, Ben, don't watch the fifth one. <laughs> I mean, I kind of want to watch Cobra Kai, but you should. I think you'd like it. It's a really stupid show. It's a very stupid show. That's first two seasons. were very confused. Totally. And I will die on that hill pie. Um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> that's really funny. Oh, it's not, it it's up. not, it's not a response to me, but it was really funny that the moment I said his name, that popped up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pie saying banjo's playing because we're going to the trailer park. 
Yeah, I um I do like Cobra Kai. I think it's a lot of fun. It's very stupid, as I said, um, because karate is is going to man. It's karate is going to save the San Fernando Valley, guys. There is an evil karate instructor that's creating evil karate kids, and uh, what now we got to save the San Fernando Valley? But oh, he's gonna go. He's gonna he's going to spread throughout the world, throughout the United States. He's going to expand Cobra Kai, and I'm like, wow, this is. And like it's it's this it's the scene in community during the Chris the, the third Christmas special when Britta's like I understand that the stakes aren't actually that high but it makes them feel extra scary. <laughs> um, it's uh, um, Terry Silva uh, from Karate Kid Three is is now running Cobra Kai. The bat the kid bad guy from Karate Kid Three the like the psychotic blonde haired dude he's coming back in the season. I forgot who that kid was, but sure. Um, they are very much scraping the bottle of the barrel. Now that they got Elizabeth Shue, they're kind of like, who else can we bring back? Who else will do this silly show with us? Because um, they brought back the Asian kid from Karate Kid 2, the Asian Johnny. Uh, and uh, now he's going to be uh, he's going to be a part of the team, and they're going to train the good Karate Kids to fight in the next All-Valley tournament. I'm like, whatever. This show's dumb. Wait. was amazing. Ter- Go ahead, Ben. Who was... And there, who's the main protagonist in Next Cry Kid? Was Jeff or Love Hewitt? No. No, it's um. Who was? Not Sandra Bullock. Hillary Swank. Yeah, yeah. Let's get, bring Hillary Swank back. I'm I'm certain they want her. I'm certain they want her back. But they're they're just could go anyway. Sparks, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say it's really nice that Cobra Kai is a little show that could because you know it was part of the YouTube TV yeah. thing, right? And then mm-hmm. went to Netflix. So, you know. Good for you, little show that I probably will never watch that could. Yeah, I, I think the uh, first two seasons are a little bit confused because they really want to make Johnny uh, a good person. And it's really difficult when you're also being like, but I'm going to bring back Cobra Kai how it was. And they're like, but that's the problem. You see how that's the problem, right? Uh, and then that once they realized that, once the showrunners kind of realized that, it kind of veered off and made like Cobra Kai a more bad guy because they brought back crease who's the who's like the sensei the evil sensei from the first film from the first and third um i forgot the actor's name but i'm really i'm really worried that they're going to they they terry silva and crease were uh teaming up in the last season and now crease is in jail because silva framed him for murder no framed him for like assault or something and now he's in jail um the valley guys, we got to protect the valley. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, and so I'm really worried that because of that, they're going to try to redeem Crease. And I'm I so desperately don't want you to redeem this character. He is such a slime bag. He is such a shit human being who is definitely okay with killing kids. You do not redeem this man. There was like a tragic backstory that we got in like season four, or three or four or whatever. And I'm like, no, do not redeem this man. Do not make me feel bad for this man because I won't. There is no way that I will ever feel bad for Crease. Do not do it. Anyway. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Vesper? Oh, okay. Um, real quick, before we move on to that, I did remember something else that I meant to say we should talk about in the news, even briefly. Um, this is another thing where I, I know Ryan would have a lot to say more about it if he were here, but I think Ben can say some stuff, which is that Magic the Gathering, the card game, announced two new pop culture expansions. Uh, one is Doctor Who, and one is Lord of the Rings. If you can hear that sound in the distance, that is my bank account screaming, no! 
Oh, and me going, yes, as I do my creepiest little gremlin face. Uh, yeah, uh, Brandon, his mic is muted right now, but he is showing off all of his Godzilla uh, Magic the Gathering cards. Um, yeah, the second I saw that Lord of the Rings announcement, my brain's like, well, I'm buying a frack ton of cards now and I'm building a new deck. <laughs> I have to admit that the Doctor Who one actually intrigues me quite a lot, and the art for it looks exceptional. Um, just some really lovely Doctor Who magic art. Uh, so I'm very much thinking about, do I want to do that? Do I want a Doctor Who magic expansion? I might. I, I haven't seen the Doctor Who art, but I'm not that big of a Doctor Who fan, so that one's like, I mean, it's cool that's there, but for me, it's like, Give me that Lord of the Rings deck. I want Aragorn or Gandalf as a planeswalker. That would probably be so rad. I could summon a Balrog. He's probably a red black card. Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be really fun to play and build a Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering deck. I am looking forward to this so much. I think that is pretty cool. I'm 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 intrigued a lot by both of these announcements. I think they're doing something uh pretty cool there. Um so I just wanted to touch on that briefly. Uh, yeah, I think that's going to be fun. That's yeah. cool. Um, Me too. I, I want to bring up uh, 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 Pi's comment real quickly, and then we'll move on to the next trailer. Uh, so he says, it was never the narrative goal to paint the old way of Cobra Kai Dojo in a good way. It had a lot of nuance of gray morality that I thought was appropriately addressed. You can think that. Uh, and I don't necessarily think you're totally wrong. Uh, I just think you gave uh, this really stupid show too much credit. He also had, you want to bring up his other comment? No, that's just a personal, sure. Well, he's just saying we should talk about this soon. We, okay. we will. I do want to have a longer discussion for it. But um, uh, I do think that, that it is it is kind of there, but not to the degree that he's suggesting. Vesper. 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 This was the, uh, uh, it's a French sci-fi film director. Um, what do we think about this? Looks actually really good i thought this looked pretty cool yeah it's very it's i can't tell if it's earth and at the same time i'm i'm okay with that and like the the plant life that we saw was very i don't want to say avatar-esque but it was definitely alien in some way and it feels like it's earth mm -hmm. like a like a like a ain't like a future earth like a uh some sort of apocalypse happened like a post post-apocalypse world or just post-apocalypse world. Who knows? Yeah. But I thought this looked really uh, unique, visually interesting. Um, I, I dug this. What do you think, Sparks? Um, I am not feeling particularly any way about it, if I'm being honest. I think it yeah. looks like it could be... There was nothing that hooked me. Nothing that grabbed me, necessarily, I, mm -hmm. I should say. Um, feels like there's cool ideas, but I, I, I don't know that the narrative took me. Sure. All right. Let's move on to Guillermo de Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. This is a, uh, a, a kind it's of a first, first look. look. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. a first look. And the second I saw this trailer, it instantly reminded me of the Guillermo del Toro um, exhibit they had at the LACMA a few years ago. That was really cool. And it was it was you, you went right, Brandon. I did go. Yes. Yeah, it was so cool. And it definitely reminded me, it's like, yep, if I were to look into Guillermo del, Dor del Toro's cabinet, this is probably what I would find. So I'm all for it. You know you know that the LACMA exhibit was there uh, because he was moving all that stuff into a house uh, that's basically I, a museum. 
oh, so I actually did go in his cabinet. That's cool. That's pre- pretty much what that was. It was all oh, his shit. stuff. It was all his stuff that he was building a house. He had uh, not built a house, but like he had bought a house, and then it was going to go from the LACMA, which is a museum in LA, for those of you who don't know, um, to that house, and that's where it sits now. You know what? I think I remember someone. I remember they said like this is all all this stuff in this exhibit is belongs to Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I think I remember it just slipped my mind. But at the same time, that's still really cool. It's like, yeah. hey guys, I'm moving. Put all my stuff in the museum for a hot second, then I'll I'll move into my new house. I really like Guillermo del Toro, and I really like what he said in this, where it's just like these are the director's visions. This yeah. is they have the control here. Um, there's a lot of really creepy practical monsters i think that look really cool that's i mean i know it's not del toro specifically saying like hey you because like you said the directors are the ones who control he's just funding it he's the producer i'm assuming he's producer on the show correct he might be a narrative he might be uh writing a lot of them right okay but still but still he's um he's like the rod sterling of the show if that makes sense a little bit it does feel that way yeah and yeah, the creatures. I even saw that the little behind the scenes of them doing the prosthetic makeup for one of the monsters. It's like this is the what Del Toro I know, and I want more of this. Mm-hmm. Parks. I was just looking to see uh, who wrote um, some of these. It looks like I think yeah, two are by Del Toro. Everyone else is a is a different writer. Okay. Um, both in story and teleplay. Uh, but he is a, as Ben said, he is a producer. Um, okay. Yeah, it looks it it looks like he's excited about it, so I want to be excited about it. So. Just, yeah, I am intrigued in the next trailer for that. Me too. Wednesday. This looks great. Oh, this looks so good. Oh, I'm so happy for Jenna Ortega. She's so good. Talk. God, damn, okay. she's so good. Real, real quick thing. I realize I have a bit of a fear of something that I did not know I have until just recently. Um, yeah, I don't like piranha. <laughs> I mean, I mean, because you, I, I swam in the ocean. There's a lot, probably a lot more deadlier things in the ocean than a piranha. But still, it's uh, seeing seeing Wednesday drop a bag, two bags full of piranhas in a swimming pool from the bully from. God, what was he from? Of uh, the the bully from Stranger Things season four. The 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 guy with the um the water polo player. He also played the. No, I know. I. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is that guy, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's brutal. Also, yeah. that kind of scares me now. He, uh, I guess, the piranhas just ate his nuts off. Although that was a lot of blood. <laughs> that is even. You technically you can die from that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I thought this looked. Uh, look, I like Jenna Ortega's a lot. I like the Adams family, and I think this is well cast. I didn't. This one, this one, I didn't love. I don't love this trailer. Uh, I, I am intrigued by it, though. Um, I like the idea of centering on Wednesday and kind of this like gothic murder mystery. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the same reason why I was intrigued in Sabrina, um, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It's kind of a similar idea. Um, but yeah, so I. I uh, I want to see more before I... I... I love the casting. I'm so happy to see Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia. I think it's great. I love she Gomez. I love, uh, I love, love Jenna Ortega so much. And then I just, I love her performance here. Um, I think that tone-wise, this looks uh, uh, pitch perfect. I'm so excited. Um, yeah. yeah. 
and uh and and pies right anybody that's complaining about the ethnicity of the characters is uh as he said they're also just stupid so pie yeah we all know we all know uh yeah, gomez um i think uh louise guzman and Catherine zeta jones are really 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 good casting for uh for mm-hmm. gomez uh mm-hmm. for gomez and morticia uh yeah i really like jenna ortega's too like i i, I don't want to like knock her there's I, li- I liked a lot of i like her a lot um but I'm not really a huge Tim Burton fan right now. So I want to see more. Sure. Mm-hmm. See if this will turn me around. But they described it as an eight hour movie. And I'm like, ah, just make a TV show, guys. Make yeah. a TV show. You could do it. You know how to do it. All right. Sydney. Yeah, I'm really glad you put this on here. Um, I think it's great that they're making this documentary about Sydney Poitier. Uh, I think it's very. It looks really good. It looks like it's a really good insight into his cultural footprint and his life. And I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I really, when I watched this, I was really, really excited about this. I really like Sidney Poitier. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we've talked about, he's the first black man to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was so influential as an actor, as a black man. Um He's a wonderful actor. You know, they call me Mr. Tibbs. Like, that's one of the most iconic lines in all of cinema. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm really excited to see this. A lot of really good talking heads. Morgan Freeman, Halle Berry, Oprah Winfrey is the one, a producer on this. and Denzel. Uh, Denzel. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, and, and, and Sidney himself. Yes. Talking about his life. Um, Which is and, great. And I didn't know a lot of his backstory. I didn't know where he came from. And I, I thought that was, I think this is going to be really cool. Yeah, I really hope that um, I hope that it it both like, you know, acknowledges and praises like everything in it that he did, and also talks about how hard that was for him because there were so many members of the black community that rejected him for yeah. uh, playing the role that he did because um, they felt like he was playing into the hands of white dominant society, and uh, at the time it was not as clear that he was making the strides for them to have more opportunities. Um, so he lived a very like tough spot there for a while in the industry where he was kind of getting a lot of hate on both sides. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see this Apple TV plus putting out some pretty good content lately, um, especially in documentaries. I want to see it. Well, all right. Should we move on to our main topic? If anything else? Nope. It's time to talk about some superheroes. Full spoilers for Dragon Ball Super Superhero. I'm so glad we live in a world where we have now done two Dragon Ball films as reviews on this show. That is very cool. Uh, my inner child is screaming. The latest Dragon Ball movie is out in America. It's been out in Japan, but now American release is here. Uh, so full spoilers. If you have not seen it, you've been warned. Skip ahead. Pause this. Uh, uh, turn us off. Uh, what are you doing? Turn us off quickly. Now. Do it now. Uh, if you have not seen it, go run. Full spoilers. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. I <laughs> loved it. I thought this was excellent. And it's my second or third favorite Dragon Ball movie. Oh, nice. I, I Pat the Power is really good, so I got to think about it. Okay. Um, I will also say that I came in with, I don't want to say low expectations, but the animation style at first kind of got me a little, eh? 
But walking out of that theater, man, I had a great time. I liked it. I think it's pretty good. I did not love it. Okay, let's I do not think it. it is. Uh, yeah, I do not think it is free of flaw. Why don't you talk about a flaw? Okay. Um, I mean, it's honestly like the animation is tough. Uh, I think that the movie does itself a disservice by showing such absolutely gorgeous 2D flashback. Yeah, that's uh, not fair. For the first like minute, and then is like, all right, now are you ready for what the movie will look like? And then just does like truly the worst shot of the CG 3D animation that it is doing as its opening shot. And I'm like, Woo, that is a transition that really <laughs> makes me not excited about watching this movie. The, um, uh, the opening the opening is a recap of the red ribbon arc in dragon ball uh mm -hmm. done and uh, all the way all the way up to uh Jiro and cell and right. all of it yeah. uh, excellent 2d animated sequence oh yeah it's gorgeous it's incredible and then and then it's this opening floaty world like environment shot in. getting us to where magenta the new the current leader of the red ribbon pharmacy which is also still the red ribbon army in secret uh is and it just looks like garbage um and <laughs> and like we've watched a beautiful 3d C cg anime film it's lupon the third the first and this was not on that level uh this shot specifically um and uh but like once the movie gets rolling in context like I, I i get on board with the animation there are still uh i i definitely like i had to stop looking too closely at mouths because this was something i talked about that i knew would be a problem when you're watching the dub um the articulation in cg 3d animation is more pronounced with the japanese characters so their mouths are moving more approximately to what they're saying which means that the dub now looks more jarringly incorrect um <laughs> than it did in 2d yeah. uh so just that you you just kind of got to roll with that that's not really the fault of them that's just that's just dubbing stuff but um there's still movement stuff in the animation that like it, it like there's no bones about it broly looks better and i just i just want all the dragon ball stuff to look as good as broly or strive for it and this movie's just not striving for it so i'm like it's all right it still looks good it's just it's just you know it's a step down in animation visuals I hope that this is not this is not what the show when it comes back will look like. But I, I'm hopeful that the future movies won't look like this. Yeah, I'm nervous of that. Because mm -hmm. I, I I I did accumulate to the animation. Quite, quite honestly, I really liked it. There's only a couple of points that I didn't really that I didn't really care for. Um, the opening shot being being one of them, as you mentioned. Uh, the character models I think look really good um, because they're done with a, a 2D overlay. Almost uh, a lot of like the line and definitions are 2D, whereas the um, the, the figures are, are 3D. And mm -hmm. I think that works. I think that creates a pretty uh, visually interesting character model. And I, I, I like it when it does that. Yeah. Um, and it I so I'm not opposed to them doing this movie in this animation style, especially because of the reason why. But going forward, if we do more Dragon Ball movies, which obviously we will um, uh, go back to the two, go back to the 2D. Yeah. yeah. Let this be the outlier. Yeah. Right, I would I would definitely agree that go back to the 2D because those 2D visuals and the flashback were just fantastic, um, and you know obviously the last major film Broly 2D animation, superb action, superb fighting, and just everything about it was superb. But this and this one I still enjoyed quite a bit even with the 3D animation. I mean yeah, I do agree with Sparks of War's time where the the mouth flaps were were off, 
but thankfully it didn't completely take me out of the movie. Um, besides that, those those are really all the negatives I really have. To be perfectly honest, this movie, I I was fully invested all the way through. I think one of the cool things about this movie is that it's really marketed as a Gohan movie, but it's a Piccolo movie. I love that, and I, I think that I think that it's. I also, I also, I also disagree with you. I also really like that the focus on this movie was mostly on Piccolo. Um, I think uh, I didn't quite realize that I that I always like Piccolo. Piccolo's a cool character, but I didn't quite re- think that he could carry a movie. And I thought, and watching this, I was surprised like how well he did. Um, especially Super Piccolo, who's super, super, not Super Piccolo, but like Super's Piccolo, who's a lot more comedic than he was in Dragon Ball Z. Um, he's definitely uh, softened over the years. Um, and it, it was cool to see him just kind of get a lot of play and be able to to be a star of a, of a Dragon Ball movie. I agree with all the things you just said. Um, I... Yes, I think I, I wanted to find the right way to say it. Um, I think I think that Piccolo's arc in it is really good. I think that it's really great that he's at the forefront. I really like it. Uh, as far as the sentence of like it was marketed as a Gohan movie and it wasn't, and it's actually a Piccolo movie, and I think that worked great. Yeah, except I think Gohan wasn't very good in this movie, and I'm gonna be honest about that. I don't yeah. think the character stuff is very good. I mean, like. Boy, you want to talk about a shortcut. We took a shortcut with Gohan mm-hmm. to get him to what is affectionately, I guess, called Gohan Beast Mode, which is the silver form we see at the end. Not crazy about it in the animation. Uh, this particular animation, I don't like the hair. I think that it looks... was my. Yeah, I agree. I think it. I think it looks uh, like like weird uh, game glitch kind of hair instead of Super Saiyan hair. Um, yeah. Or Saiyan hair. Uh, it just it just doesn't totally work for me in this animation style. Um, I think like it's great that we put Piccolo at the forefront. I really enjoy having him as a character. I'm also kind of sitting here like, why couldn't Gohan have been a character too, though? Um, because Gohan has less development than Pan in this movie, and uh, and I think that kind of is a bummer, um, especially because the movie's marketed as a Gohan movie. So perhaps the expectations were set in the wrong place. But I also think that we just kind of cheat our way to Gohan's transformation. Um, I won't disagree with that. Um, I think that the idea of so I talked to you a lot about this. Uh, one of the things I really like about Dragon Ball Super is 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 in the last half of Dragon Ball Super, Gohan gets put on a path that I think is really interesting and something that I really wanted to see. Um, right. This movie jumps two years mm-hmm, into roughly, the future, roughly. Uh, so between Broly and this movie is about two years. So the manga is not up to this point yet. Um, and Gohan hasn't really. Gohan was in the Moro arc, but he wasn't in the Granola arc, so we haven't seen him in a bit. Um, and it, it's implied. It's basically implied that since the universe, uh, that since the Universal Tournament, that training has not continued in the two or, years, or it, it like did, and he slowed down and slowed down and slowed down, and now it's hit critical mass with Piccolo, where he's like, "You're not even trying anymore." <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm I don't love that implication because that's kind of what that's kind of what happened before, right? That's, that was the trajectory from the Boo saga to super Mm -hmm. pretty much. He was because Gohan and they bring it back a lot in this movie, but they haven't in a while. Gohan has the potential to be the strongest person on earth. He has the potential to surpass his dad. 
That's his latent ability. That's how strong he could be. And he, and once the Boo Saga started, they really dipped off of that. And so I'm not blaming Super for that. I do kind of blame Super a little bit. They could have, they did try to course correct. Um, so like they really try to go through that same arc again. And I do kind of agree with you that it, that it is a problem um, because now we've got Gohan who hasn't trained in a while, all of a sudden being like, I did it. I've, I've done that next level. Yeah. It's, it's that. And it's also just, he's literally not in the movie enough. Yeah. To but, warrant. Um, I had a, I had a long conversation with our friend Michael on after the movie. And we were talking about like the emotional transformations inside of Dragon Ball mm-hmm. and like Gohan's felt less impactful than Piccolo's in this movie. Yeah. That's true. Um, I think that the, I think if it was in the movie more, I do think they try to go for that emotion because, you know, it's the way it's framed. Piccolo <clears throat> is, we think that Piccolo's died. Um, and Gohan is seeing, like, essentially his father die. Um, and that's what triggers the transformation. And that's all well and good, but it doesn't land as well as, like you said, Piccolo's transformation, who he gets, he, Piccolo gets a transformation in this movie. Right. Um, which I think is, is well handled and really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> I do think one of Gohan Gohan scenes has the biggest laugh in the movie, uh, where where they uh, threaten Pan and Gohan jumps out of there and starts going and Super Saiyan like goes like he's just the the crater gets bigger and bigger in his uh, next to his house and Piccolo just turns to the screen Gohan's back yeah <laughs> yeah I, think I mean that's like very funny there's there's great humor stuff um, for sure I think there is great humor in this movie this is Toriyama kind of up on his his best humor shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this one, um, especially in some of the stuff he does with Magenta and Hedo. Um, but as an emotional, this should be like a defining emotional point for Gohan. And I just don't feel it. You know, I just, I'm just not. And uh, I'm going to piggyback, you know, like, cause I do, I, I do like this movie and I, and I do want to get to the things I like about this movie. So I want to kind of like wrap out my big problems with the movie right here, which is that, I think Gohan's transformation is is rushed and I think the arc of it is not very good so we don't connect to his character and I feel like this is all just like trying to appease the Cell Saga fans in a bad way uh, when you get down to it because we're just like paintbrushing some of the beats again um, and Cell Max has no personality and i think that's super super lame um and i find it super disheartening and disappointing and i have zero interest in as a villain and i think his whole thing as this rage berserker monster could have worked for me if like the point was just that he does look like cell but they use that with gohan if, for example, when Gohan, as you mentioned before the transformation, when he's seeing Piccolo being held up by Cell Max, if he flashed back, because we flash back pl- plenty of other times in this movie, I don't know why this couldn't have been one. If we flash back to the Cell games and Gohan seeing Cell tower over his friends, and if we'd done that to kind of connect, like visually, even without Gohan saying anything, though he could have said things, but like visually, even to just say that Gohan is re-encountering the trauma that triggered his Super Saiyan 2 transformation to begin with, mm-hmm. that would have made Cell Max not talking work for me fine because the whole relevance of his presence is visually he looks like Cell and that helped trigger Gohan's trauma, which helped kick him into this transformation. That all would have worked for me, but we don't do the legwork to get there. 
and it's it's bothersome because all the pieces are right there but we just don't do it yeah i want to say i have a i have a similar i don't disagree with you at all um i do find it strange that they decided to bring back cell in this way um at the end of the day whereas it's not a hindrance for me personally i just kind of look at it as like why did it have to be cell? Why couldn't it have been just monster? Um, the fact that it is cell should mean something and it doesn't quite mean anything. Um, uh, I guess at the end of the day, I'm just happy that it wasn't perfect cell because it's his second form that they've recreated, yeah. not his third. Um, but that doesn't even matter because this isn't cell and it doesn't. Yeah. That's the thing is like in the context of the movie, it doesn't matter that he looks like him. Mm-hmm. Like it, it doesn't like other than they're like, oh, it's like cell. That's a threat because cell was a threat. But and giant, like, and like beyond that, like it doesn't mean anything. And uh, like, I enjoyed the colors and the visual flashiness of like what was going on, and and like some of the team fighting that was happening with Cell Max. But if I'm being completely honest, uh, I got a lot of Shang Chi Act Three vibes after the dad dies mm-hmm. from the final fight, where I'm just kind of like, cool. I'm just kind of waiting for this to get to its end point. I guess I forgot you didn't like that fight. I like that fight. It's it, uh, it's it's just it's emotionally the emotion part is over. Yeah. Now I'm just watching the visuals of it, yeah. and the emotion part of everything was done once Cell Max was on the table. There was no emotion in the fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most emotional thing you get in it is Gamma Two's Gamma Ones, Gamma Two's Two. uh, sacrifice uh, play, and then outside of that, that's like the last emotional beat in the Cell Max fight. Well, also everything... the Piccolo's supposed to death. I did not believe for a moment that he was dying. This, this is the thing is like, I, I, that felt to me just as like, we got to force the, the final act push of the person getting all that power to kill the villain as some of the not so good Dragon Ball Z movies of the past. Uh, it, it felt the same as like waiting for Goku to do the spirit bomb on Super Android 13 or waiting for uh, Goku to take everyone's energy and punch Broly so that he exploded, I guess. Um, like it, it just felt the same. I didn't feel like Piccolo was in danger. I didn't feel that emotional tension. I didn't even feel the emotional stakes of what I felt at the end of Broly. Uh, sure. It's I... I'm not I don't have a dog in the fight at that point. I I will disagree with that one because I, I I felt differently there. I I did I did feel the emotional stakes of that. I did kind of feel like it was beginning to look hopeless, and it was working for me quite honestly. Like again, I'll agree that it, you know it doesn't matter that it's cell specifically, but um the emotional the emotional beats in the in the fight did work for me. Yeah, not when it comes to Gohan. I just yeah. didn't feel like Gohan really was in it. I get that. To be if I'm being if I'm being blunt, like. You know, it felt like the flashy visuals of what what is good Dragon Ball, but not with the heart behind what makes good Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. I know what they were going for, uh, and like like what's happening with Piccolo, but the villain doesn't mean anything, so I kind of can't care that much. I I want to talk a little bit about it's kind of piggybacking off of what you're talking about, but sure. one of the things that I find interesting about Toriyama right now is how he's bringing back forgotten powers and forgotten elements like um when krillin shows up and he's like get big he's like wait what like get big like he did in the tournament 40 years ago and he's like oh right i can do that uh (laughs) that was cute Mm -hmm. ben did you have anything you wanted to add uh i'm trying to think you can't say no it's a viable option yeah i don't know if i do to be perfect to be perfectly honest i don't think i do um 
I had an absolute blast with this movie. Um, I love how it was. I love how Piccolo was the, the star of the show. Because he's that. He's one. got some very good funny lines, and he's he, just like when when he's in the line of the soldiers, and he's like, "You okay? You look a little green." Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah, um, yeah. Piccolo is absolutely hilarious. I love how he's training Pan, and he's essentially doing the same. He's Grandpa Piccolo now. I love that. Um, no, and when he's talking about, it, it's like, oh, uh, like my grandfather, your grandfather. Oh right, Goku's old. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. Um, also, how he, I just like how he interacts with the preschool teacher. He's like, "Hi, Janet. Yeah, it's me." Yeah, <laughs> he's just uh, like, he's just Piccolo. Piccolo. It's like, oh, it's just Piccolo. It's fine. Um, I do like how Piccolo is like, "Come on, go home. You gotta get back in the fight. You gotta get back into this." And he like when even when he gives him his old gi again and it's super heavy, he's like, Haha. "Yeah." Oh, the uh, the explanation that Gohan's eyesight gets better when he goes Super Saiyan—it's really funny. That was funny. Um, <laughs> I was trying to think what else. I kind of uh, like. Well, what... if you don't mind, then um, we can we can talk about Pan. Yeah, let's talk about Pan. Oh, Pan's such an adorable little kid. Uh, yeah, I I really like. I think Pan is the is the the <clears throat> I think this movie is strategically set where it is because they want the manga to go to fill in this gap. Mm-hmm. They want like an end, not like an end point for the manga, but they wanted to give the manga space um, because that anime is going to be coming soon, uh, ish. But like, I think the um, bottom line, kind of like, oh, this movie, it was a good idea ultimately to move this movie further back in the timeline, is because Pan gets to be such a delightful character uh, and a well-written character who, as Spark said, has a pretty compelling arc, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Mag is in the comments, Ben. Yep. <laughs> well, I love that. Piccolo still can't drive. Still the best. That's pretty funny. Um, I forgot my license. Yeah, I really liked Pan in this. As funny as it was that Krillin stayed back to, to protect Pan and Bulma, um, <laughs> And didn't end up protecting Pan. I I thought the emotional weight of her flying worked for me. Then, yeah, it's like uh, Pan, you gotta fly. It's like Krillin, you could fly too. Just go get her, Krillin. You were there to protect them. What yeah. what happened? <laughs> You're goofed. Um, let's see what else about Pan that I actually, I really like. Um, I just love how she plays along with all the Piccolo stuff. Like yeah. when Piccolo's like threateningly pulling her up by her by the handcuffs but he's also you can clearly see he's holding pan's feet <laughs> and how he's like hey just like play along and pan's like okay she's just like yeah sure pickle here i'm fine i'll be safe yeah i think that they work really well together i'm sad that i gotta wait to see them interact yeah. again yeah. yeah um yeah, I just love. Oh, Pan. Well, we can we can we can move on to other things uh, if you'd like. Sparks, did you want bring, did you want to bring up another point? Um, I think that the Piccolo Pan and stuff is really cute. Um, probably the stuff that that works the best in the film. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a little bizarre. I I I get like it works for me. Piccolo's motivation to let Pan continue to be in danger to try to motivate Gohan to step up. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that doesn't come up at any point, like Gohan being like Piccolo, that was a little messed up. <laughs> like uh, this could have gone sideways pretty bad. Um, I I think that's a little, yeah, okay. Uh, 
I like I like Hedo and Magenta and the whole setup of like what the Red Ribbon has been doing this whole time. Um, why he's secretly been wanting to like. It's it's a little bizarre to me, and like I just kind of is Dragon Ball. Um, that Magenta has the patience to design the Red Ribbon Pharmacy and work behind the scenes for all of this time, but God damn it, he just can't wait for Max Cell to be ready. Yeah, he's got to release it now. I'm like, you've been patient for like 50 years, bro. What are you doing? <laughs> I did like the uh, uh, explanation he gives Hedo um, of uh, what they think Bulma and Capsule Corp do. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cute. Which that isn't was. even sincere. But it's, no, it's uh, not even. Uh, I'm like, you know, <laughs> creative spin to get Hedo on your side when uh, Cell murdered people on live television and threatened the entire planet with the Cell games. Sure. He was the good guy, though. Yeah, um, right. Bold, bold, bold strategy. Like it, Magenta. Good job. Yeah. I think Hedo, I didn't know about Hedo in the movie. Um, I really like, you know, Toriyama isn't, uh, Toriyama did, did this, does this thing in this movie that I kind of like, which is all, it's removing Goku and Vegeta allows this movie to pretty much be about only legacies the legacy of the Red Ribbon Army, the legacy of Dr. Jiro, the legacy of Goku and Gohan and Piccolo. Um, so like it, it kind of feels like thematically interesting because of that. Um, and I was happy to see Hedo in the movie, even though I had no idea he existed. He's uh, Jiro's grandson. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a, a, a good inclusion uh, to do that. Also Android 21 Jiro's wife is now canon yeah which is weird at least at least her existence her as an android is not necessarily canon but her existence as his wife is canon which is wild she's the one who looked like a boo didn't she uh she can't has a form that looks like boo yeah yeah interesting she has um, two forms this also uh the, i also thought this was cool because this um made canon that 16 was your son which was mm -hmm. always canon but it made yep. it in anime canon yes because it was always canon as i as i as i because that way you know, obviously i knew it but like it was um never explicitly stated and i was only in toriyama's it. only in toriyama's kenzenshu books that he released in japan was one of those kenzenshu these were like his uh his like writing about um character designs and things like that and in that he gives like lore details of things that were factually true um this is where like people learned about uh, the same detail you asked me about earlier today about like, why did the Nemetkins grow crops? That's from the Kenzenshu. Um, like things like that, where it's like, this is the lore reason for this, 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 this. He did this in like the mid nineties, I think. Um, and these are, these have been translated online, but like there's no English uh, version of these, but they are, there's a few volumes, Kenzenshu books of him, basically like uh, the making of Dragon Ball kind of thing. But in there is where he said, 16 was Dr. Jiro's son who was injured uh, during one of Goku's attacks on the Red Ribbon Army. And, yeah. uh, and that's why Jiro hates Goku and redesigned him as an android. Um, mm. that's, that's where that comes from. But Hedo isn't, isn't 16's son. He's a different son. No, apparently there's two other people, um, Ray's parents, who have uh, Hedo, I guess. But who also didn't like weren't as megalomaniac as uh Jiro because he said like his parents were like really nice yes i guess so so uh Jiro, Jiro's evilness did not get passed down 
Right. Instead, Hedo is a huge fan of superheroes. Yeah. And so yeah. he makes Gamma 1-2 in the model of superheroes, which is really cool. Except this is another thing where I'm like, all the pieces are right there. How did it not come up in this movie that Gohan was great Saiyaman and Hedo's favorite superhero who inspired Gamma 1 and Gamma 2? How was that not part of this movie? Oh, you're right. He's not. Because when Hedo talks about super, like, I like superheroes. And we see, like, the superheroes he likes. And one of them is Gamma. Um, Great Saiyan not there. Yep, not there. I was How is that not there? How is that not there? You know what? I was thinking about that on my drive home. I was like, there was no mention of Great Saiyan. I was actually looking forward to that. We talked about this when the first trailer came out. And I said, it sure does seem like someone's taking some Saiyan moves here. So I'm just saying think with a gohan movie we're gonna see some Saiyan stuff on the screen and we didn't and i'm shocked because i'm like i don't think you're using all the tools in your toolbox to tell this story maybe he forgot it wouldn't be the first time look it's like the only thing in all of dragon ball canon that isn't referenced in this movie is Saiyan. yeah i'm okay with that i'm kind of not as much if i'm being honest i think it was a very clear path to get like the gammas on the side of gohan mm-hmm. and like it, it further explores and deepens who gohan is that is an important part of his character to not acknowledge it in a movie about the superhero concept where they're clearly lifting a lot of great saiyan moves uh kind of weird kind of wild kind of like all right it was just another avenue where you could have made gohan a more central figure in this story and they didn't and i'm like "Eh, all right i guess i i liked the um the fact that piccolo that when you fight the gammas you can see their 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 sound effects well, I, I really like these sound effects. I really like that too. I thought that was cute, except that it was just that one sequence and then it never happened again. I was yeah. about to say, um, the thing that I wish I wish that they had done was kept that going. I don't mind it in the Battle of Cell because it, it, it because they imply that it's something they trigger, like they, yeah. they they create. So like you're fighting the cell, you're now like, okay, mm. we've done we've we've beaten we now know we were on the wrong side. We're we're all in this together. I don't mind it disappearing there, but during the fight with Piccolo and Gohan, I felt like it should have been there. Because mm-hmm. they're still I trying agree. to show off in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But I thought that was a, a funny uh, a, a funny gag in the beginning, at least. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Um, I really liked the Gammas, personally. I think Gamma 1 and 2 are really good characters. They definitely have, like, Gamma 1 is much more serious. Gamma 2 is very more laid back and... I don't want to say frivolous, but he's like he's more eccentric and he's having a fun time with this. So I definitely do like how both gammas how they play off each other. I really like that as well. Yeah, the next universal tournament would be uh, would ha- gamma t- gamma one would be a good asset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do like how everyone gets on the same page. Um, I think that's nice. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like Piccolo, uh, you know, recognizing that they're they should be on the same side and all that. I think that's that's pretty good. Um, I, I, like I think Piccolo. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I think I think that in some ways we should have gotten there a little quicker to have room for a cell that actually has a personality. And unless we're going to do like at least the visualized trauma for Gohan thing. Yeah. I um. I don't know if Toriyama's interested in going that deep with a character anymore. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess I would agree with you, except that I thought that broly had enough on the table that we were we got a pretty good look into his heart and his past that i just feel like 
I think if you are going to repeat the beat of Gohan having the line appear behind him and splash open to be the trigger for this new transformation, then I don't see any reason in a film full of flashbacks we can't at least visually flashback to Cell and imply that the trauma of that past is what's triggering this uh, transformation again. I don't know why we can't go there because, again, like it just goes back to a wordless berserker version of Cell is meaningless in this film because visually it doesn't really trigger anything for anybody. Yeah. Um, Mag is in the comments, but if you want to pull that up. <clears throat> yeah. He is saying, uh, wonder if 17 would have been too much to be added in the fight. Um... So he's referring to the, uh, the moment where, because uh, throughout the movie, Piccolo is trying to uh, get Bulma to get in contact with Whis so that we can get Goku and Vegeta here because, you know, the Red Ribbon Army uh, are formidable for uh, the fighters on Earth at this point. Uh, Goku and Vegeta are training with Broly and Beerus on Beerus's world. Mm-hmm. Um, and in response, uh, Bulma brings uh, a now teenage, well, maybe not teenage, but older um, uh, Goten Trunks. Now 18, and Owen Krillin is there too. <laughs> uh, and that was a very good laugh in the, in the theater. Yep. I brought the strongest fighters I know. And Krillin. And Krillin's here too. Um, I thought that was really funny. And I, I do I do really like Krillin's um like Krillin knows he's outmatched in certain situations. Um, but even then when he knows that they're that you know <clears throat> when he sees his friends kind of not like out but like in trouble, he will jump at uh, at the opportunity to help. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought that was uh, especially when 18 is 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 struggling. And I thought that was. Um, I always, I always think that's a good character beat for Krillin that I'm glad yeah. carried over into this movie. Because um, again, he is wildly outmatched. Yeah. yeah. That poor guy. He's got a good destructive disc and solar flare. He did. Yeah. The solar flare return was very cool. The solar flare is a very powerful attack that they should implement a lot more. Seventeen's a really tough fighter. Um, I think that if he'd been there. You know, it would have been tough because he's he's so good. He's just so darn good, as I heard, as I heard. shown in the Super Show. I heard he won a tournament lately. Yeah, so I mean, you know, with seventeen there, like, uh, I don't know, might it might have been put down pretty quickly. I mean, because you got Goku and Vegeta out in space, and clearly, regardless of how powerful Cell Max or Gohan Beast or Orange Piccolo may be. None of them had a power level strong enough for Goku or Vegeta or Whis to sense it, so I guess it can't be that big. <laughs> right? They're just kind of they're just kind of uh, watching whatever. I liked the I I liked the brief look into what's happening with Goku and Vegeta. Yeah, um, especially because Broly, like he, like Broly starts to lose it and, and Goku's like, wait, 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 you're not gonna freak out on me again, are you? Um, I think that's all all good. Beerus was very funny in this movie, funnier than I've seen him in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, when he clearly has a tr- uh, has a crush on Chile, mm-hmm. um, and like so supportive of Lemon, Le- Lemo, Lemon, mm-hmm. um, when he uh, he's like, no, come over here, let's have some ice cream together. <laughs> and he's like, do the dishes later. We're gonna watch the fight. I thought that was fun. I uh, guess they just live on Beerus's planet now. Yeah, yep. and Weiss is uh, Weiss is always a good time. There's a bit where Weiss just goes, "Saiyans gotta love him, right?" Yeah, I think it's very cute. Lisa's always fun. Uh, Go uh, Vegeta finally beats Goku though. Yeah, he did it. He did it. We finally got that under under certain rules. Vegeta yeah, just, beats Goku. Just like 
no, no, no transformations, no, no big key blasts. Vegeta beats Goku. Yep. And just barely. Yep. I thought that was very funny. Also, I just love how uh, how Chile is like, man, this is lame, but uh, Limo and Broly are crying because they're like, we witnessed something beautiful. I I wish I told you I told you this in the theater. I think I I, I do wish that they um, look. Jiren was the last villain they saw in in, in that's not their friend Broly. Uh, Jiren was the last villain they saw in Super. So I understand kind of going like you know keeping this like anime canon. Uh, I get that, um, but I do wish that they had at least brought up, you know, because they're talking about like Jiren. They're, they're like, oh, Jiren was the most powerful foe we face. Like, you know, since then you probably could have been like Granola is just not dead at this point. They didn't um, say they didn't Frieza. say they didn't say most powerful foe they face. They said there are powerful people out there like Jiren. Yeah, I know. I just I just wish we had gotten a bit more than that. I get you. It left a blank space. Yeah. Like, I get it in Broly, but in this one, I'm just like, at this point, you fought some people, surely. Like, you fought Frieza. Frieza just did a thing lately. It's pretty cool. Unless unless Toriyama didn't know about that. Well, Frieza's looking for Broly, so. Oh, is that, that's what he's doing. That's what they said. Yeah. They said, we figured Broly was better off here because Frieza can't find him. Good point. Which also tells us that Frieza's still out there. I hope that... Oh, this is a story that I want to see Super do. I won't say it. Um, that's for a different thing. It's for a different discussion. Okay. I like the music. Oh, the music was good. I wish it had a theme. Doesn't the way, it? Uh, no, like like a like a you know music like lyric theme to go with it that they also translated into the orchestra, which it doesn't. Oh, you're right. Like the way that Broly did with Blizzard. Yeah. Um. It does have a it does have like a superhero theme to yeah. it that I, that, I, that I dug. Um, the Carmine presentations are funny. They are I like that. He's just made little PowerPoint presentations. For they himself. keep getting more elaborate with his yeah. name. Yeah, cute. Um, all right. Very much, very much harkening back to the uh, uh, servant man. Uh, I forget his name, but um, black command like commander red's second hand guy yeah who ends up actually fighting goku for the final battle in the red ribbon army yeah because he ended up being like the big bad in the end it wasn't that he was the big bad he was just like he was actually the the like commander red was literally just the commander and he had no fire like actual strength power and and uh black did yeah all right well why don't i read ryan's comments now uh let me pull that up real quick all right, Ryan wrote his review out and gave it to us, so here's what he had to say. It's so good to have Dragon Ball back. I agree. First off, I was surprised how quickly I adapted to the animation style. Ended up liking it a lot. While still wishing for the traditional look, it didn't ha- it didn't ruin the movie at all. Love the time jumps so we see Pan and Teenage Goten trunks. Really happy we focused on other characters for this one. Mm-hmm. Piccolo is clearly the standout, and mm-hmm. while Gohan was the top dog in the end, I still wanted more of him. Um, that reminds me, I wanted to bring up something about Goten and Trunks a little later. Um, oh yeah. Uh, loved the new villains who talked. The superhero androids were fun and it was obvious, but still great to see their turn to good. I agree. Cell Max is okay. Yep. Uh, I was excited for a reunion with the extremely charismatic Cell, but he was more bio Broly than Cell, in my opinion. 
The final fight was very cool, but honestly, it felt weak compared to Broly. For me, bigger doesn't always mean better. Big Piccolo is cool, though. Gohan's new transformation is neat, I guess. Wish we had more more to it. Pan was my MVP. She was just a joy to watch. Not quite a Broly, unfortunately, but still really fun. I'll read out his uh, rating when we are mm-hmm. done, which we are almost done. Um, I agree with a lot of the things Ryan said. I think that um, there was a part of me that, like, I at a certain point, I was like, I know the movie doesn't have time for this. But, like, I wish they'd use the Dragon Balls to reincarnate Cell into that new body. Like, to bring back his consciousness. Oh, sure, um, yeah. Like, actually make this a... Uh, if you're going to bring a character back, bring a character back. This was not bringing a character back. This was referencing a character. Yeah. Um, which is not the same thing. Uh, and, like, I, I would have wanted the Gohan Cell rematch if that's what we were really going to do. And it's not really what we were doing. And so that's why I'm like... The cell stuff didn't quite get there, and the Gohan stuff didn't quite get there either. Because you can, you can, if you use the Dragon Balls, you kind of run the risk of um, doing what Resurrection F did, um, which wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. But you do have a, a way to kind of circumvent that with the fact that they built a new cell body. So you could be like, I wish that cell's soul was put into this body. Right. Well, and they also said like part of the like the, I thought that they might have keep that up with before Piccolo used the Dragon Balls. But when they're talking about Cell Max, Hedo says that right now this is just a a cluster of power. You know, yeah. if you want to have it under your control, you know, it's it doesn't have a mind yet. It doesn't have that sense. And so like they could have used the Dragon Balls to like to make that shortcut. Like we'll put Cell back in Cell. Um, and you know you could do that and still have the the dragon transformation for Piccolo because it's been it's established in the Dragon Ball universe that ever since the dragon was upgraded to have more than one wish, you can just say I've got no more wishes and it will just go back into the balls until you summon it again. Right, that's happened in Super, so you can right. do that and have Piccolo be like, "Hey, I wish for my latent ability. I've only got the one wish though," and then it goes away, and then the Red Ribbon Army uses the last two wishes. Right. Or, yeah, there there were ways to get around this uh, yeah. in a different way and have your orange piccolo and have your cell, too. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I feel like cell max, as, as visually engaging and striking as it is, and as cool as I think a lot of the battle beats are, is kind of like some of the worst of the old Dragon Ball Z movies. You haven't gotten to it yet, Brandon, but there's a lot of Harutagon vibes, which is the last of the classic Dragon Ball Z films. Breath there's the a dragon. lot of yeah, there's a lot of that uh, in this this form of cell where I'm kind of like, yeah, all right. I mean, he's big and he's raging and he's like, oh, okay. But uh, it's it, you know, like in in a slew of Toriyama making these films where I'm just so emotionally connected with all of the characters. I was emotionally connected with Beerus as an antagonist. I was big into uh, when. Frieza came back because that was done so well. Obviously, the Broly movie is incredible. This one, on its scale of its villain emotional connection, and then um, its kind of secondary protagonist Gohan, wasn't quite matching the the level I feel we've been hitting with the previous super films. Sure, mm-hmm. um, I really like that the dragon gave the little bit extra because he remembered Kami. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That is there, and I think that's kind of that's kind of cute. Yeah, um, I do too. Because Kami created created Shenron, and then then they brought him back. Mm-hmm. Um, I I realize that this film is far more comedic than Broly. I get it. Oh yeah, it, it is. It is kind of a bummer that we don't get proper Goten Gotenks. 
Um, yeah, I do appreciate that Fat Goat Tanks was part of the fight and didn't just wait 30 minutes to try again. But it hasn't been that long since the two of them have fused recently. So like the fact that they screwed it up so badly. It's been a while. Well, the, not since um, well, they weren't part of the Universal. Well, it hasn't been that. I guess it has been probably three years. Well, they should practice it more. Um, it's probably been four, closer to four. Oh, the last we... time, the last time they would have fused would have been when Vegeta's brother showed up. No, they fused when Beerus showed up. Um. Okay. And they fought Beerus, but did they fight Frieza? No. No. And they then specifically they been... left Goten and Trunks out of that. And then they hadn't been part of a fight since. Then they haven't been part of a fight since Beerus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I guess about three years. Yeah. Um. Well, whatever. <laughs> I do. I wish we got proper Go Tanks. It's been a while. It would have been cool to see him. Yeah. Um, um, Mag still. Mag has a thing in the comics saying still next to me. Also felt like Janemba, first form, or the Dragon Monster in Wrath of the Dragon movie. I don't know what those are. That's but... what. That's what. That's what. Perudagon. Perudagon okay. is. Uh, this big uh, dragon monster that gotcha. uh, he's he's referring to. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. Like it's it just kind of becomes a little empty, just a little empty. Real quick note, I forgot what I forgot what my point was. You gotta you gotta wait till I finish till we finish our points before you bring up the comments because I've completely forgot what I was trying to say. I'm sorry, I thought you were done. No, sorry, it's okay. Um, oh well, I'm sure I'm sure I'll text someone with it. Maybe. Oh, I was talking about fusion. I was talking about um, go tanks. Go tanks. Um. Yeah, I just would have liked to see more Gotenks because I think it's cool that we get to see them as older characters, and I like I like what they're doing with them. I always like Goten, Goten trunks. I just wish we had gotten more of like a proper showing from them. If I'm being honest, I actually prefer that he turned into the fat Gotenks because it had been a while and they screwed mm-hmm. it up. And uh, I am stunned that when we get that last shot with Pan that we don't see it because they do it correctly, but we just fly through and then we don't see Gotenks after that. I yeah. thought we would have just seen him in the last shot like properly and I would have been like, yeah, that's cool. But like Fat Gotenks worked better for me because Fat Gotenks was actually like unique in the fight, whereas like regular Gotenks, like he ain't going to win the fight. So like, I don't know what more he provides us other than another person with slightly more power blasting at the thing. Like that's all they would have been. Yeah. Um, uh, because again like and and honestly i like having gotenks there um and and krillin to an extent 18 unfortunately i feel like doesn't provide a lot um i'm glad she's there i'm glad we still remember her as a character and like that she is one of the most powerful of them and so she should be there i just like it's again this this whole thing is supposed to come down on gohan and i just don't feel like it comes down on gohan the way it should yeah all right shall we rate it i guess so yeah yeah all right ben why don't you go first since you're falling asleep blood sugar's a little low sorry that's um i would say an 8.5 i like the fights i love piccolo um i like gohan's new form and pan is just absolutely adorable I do hope that if they, when they make another DBZ super move, a uh, DB super movie, I hope they go back to the original 2D, to the 2D animation. Cause those, once again, we've said it before, I'll say it again. Flashback scenes were animated beautifully, but the animation in this one wasn't bad. And I still highly enjoyed the film. So 8.5. Yeah. I, I hope that the next thing we see from super is the anime, quite honestly. Um, Sparks. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that overall it's pretty good. Um, 
I I really like a lot of the Piccolo stuff. Uh, Gohan's good. It's just I don't think that like we're given enough time with him to warrant the turning to the transformation or we're not given enough time with the transformation itself. I do like the special being canon moment. I think that's very good. It's very charming. Um, I like that a lot. Uh, it doesn't entirely make up for the fact that this transformation kind of kind of almost comes out of left field. It does feel like a I'm trying to take a leap forward with these characters to make them comparable. Um, and Piccolo's just felt more not only ingrained in the plot and narrative and emotional, but natural. Whereas Gohan's kind of feels like pushed out. Um, uh, it's cool that they rewarded the internet long Gohan white desire. We now have it. Here it is. It's real. Um, this transformation has long been fanficked. Uh, so that's cool. Um, TBD on how I, I fully feel about it when it's utilized in the future. Because um, there's just frankly not not a clear amount of it. I, I, just, I feel like uh, the humor and the love for the legacy of Dragon Ball is also present that it more than makes up for. And the animation is good and the music is good and the characters are, a lot of the side characters are given a lot of good do. So it more than makes up for the shortcomings of the emotional narrative. I just, I think that it's both being a huge fan of the Cell saga and the way it ended with Gohan. This felt like a really cheap uh, rehash of some of those beats when it gets down to its final bits of the act, rather than like bringing some, some energy to it that felt emotionally whole. And... Uh, and I think coming from Broly, I just want more emotionally engaging storytelling from Toriyama because he's shown he's capable of it. And I feel like we didn't quite go all the way there where we could have. Um, but that being said, like, it's still such a good, fun time in Dragon Ball. And I'm just happy to have gotten to see it and see it on the big screen. And I'm never going to complain about there being more Dragon Ball. Um, so overall, I give it an A out of 10. I just... I know we'll never top Broly. I know it. I know it. It's never going to happen, but I don't want us to stop striving. Um, Ryan <clears throat> also gives it an eight out of 10. That was his score from his reveal that he sent us. Um, I, I'm really happy with this movie overall. Really happy with this movie. I'm glad that Piccolo was made relevant into the future of the, of the Dragon Ball story again. I'm never opposed to giving them power boost to met to get them closer to where Goku and Vegeta is. So they can be part of the story. Um, I understand it's difficult with the human characters, but not quite as difficult with the alien characters. Um, so I'm happy about that a lot. Really liked the character stuff in this movie. I've said my gripes. Um, they're small. Nine out of 10. Uh, all right. Nice. That'll do it. <clears throat> Like we said, there is no book club this week. Uh, there will be one next time Ryan is on the show, and hopefully that will be next week. Um, this coming episode, which we are reviewing 3,000 Years of Longing, the new uh, George Miller movie. So stay tuned for that. Yep. Okay, so... And just a reminder, uh, the book club if that Ryan picked was She-Hulk, Volume 1, Law and Disorder. Uh, so stay tuned for that, too. Cool, guys. Uh, thank you so much, guys. This was great. Uh, there's all sorts of 
cool goodies you can find from us if you like this video and you subscribe to this channel, such as our show, Fake Nerds Watch. Uh, Fake Nerds Watch series for Sandman and She-Hulk will be coming in the near future, nearish future for probably Sandman. But um, just stay tuned. Be on the lookout for those. Those will be <laughs> incoming. We also have Basement Arcade. Um, which are our video game Let's Play series. Basement Arcade Pause Mini, which is our video game discussion series. Um, Fakner Book Club is our comic book series, uh, comic book discussion series. And Animation Station, where that's pretty self-explanatory. We talk about animation. Like Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Well, we did that here, so it's not actually on Animation Station. Brandon yeah, just lied to you, audience. We're going to do it again. After this, we're, we're going to record an animation station. We're just going to say the same things. Brandon continues to lie to you, audience. Um, Mag in the chat saying, take care, guys. Be safe. You too, sir. Um, uh, okay. You can also support us financially if you'd like us that much. You can check us out on Patreon or TeePublic, um, which are links below, as well as our website, as well as on our website at victorpodcast.com. Thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to, um, yeah, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who watches the live show, who's watched the live show today, uh, and who watches the, who's going to watch the rewind later today, uh, or tomorrow, or the next day, or whatever. Our pred, our prey review, our prey episode is, I got 130 watches. Good job, cool. prey. Thanks for that. Um, that's a big number for us, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, thank you to Jamie Bellucci. Uh, for all the music you've heard here tonight and all the music you hear on all, on all of our shows, you can check out his stuff at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards on Instagram or his show, Suburban Proctologist, on iTunes, Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Um, thank you to Mike Matola. Mike Matola is a great guy, collaborated with us on a great many things and did some of our logos for us. You can, find, you can find him at Mike Matola on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, thank you. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Fickner Podcast, FickNerGuys at gmail.com. That's going to touch us personally. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. I also write for Screen Rant, Atomic Geekdom, and KaijuRamenMedia.com. Ben. You can find me getting, <clears throat> excuse me, you can find me getting that blood sugar, sugar up and then growing my cult at BenMaggot27 on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And you can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine. Fusion Gaming Magazine, and GoNintendo.com. Sparks. Uh, you can find me um, just trying to get a little bit more from the dragon at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And you can find Ryan at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. DJ Tony Snark 616 everywhere. Everywhere. Um, all right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next time you see us, guys. Stay safe, nerds. Bye.